What do you want from me? You want me to start this? Yeah, I want I want the good old fashioned jukebox, Kevin. Hit okay. it. When you get into it, you forget everything you plan, everything you talked about. <laughs> this isn't like... the VH1 behind the safe room. <laughs> just when you get up to the, to the plate, you could totally understand how a bat wouldn't hit a ball. <laughs> He's right. He's right. It's not even on a stand. That's right. You just got to get into it. We're getting into it. Mindstone. 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 <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for, well, typically gaming news and discussion, but today we're actually not discussing gaming and or news. We are doing kind of a special thing, a special little, uh, what would you call it, a jamboree? A jamboree. I'd still call it a discussion. A discussion? A marvelous discussion of epic uh, proportions. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I figure jamboree covered that definition pretty soundly, okay. but I defer to you. Hmm. I found out that Daniel is actually a 75% stakeholder in the save room. Hmm. Um, which comes as a surprise because there's only two of us that started it. Um, it has been an ongoing thing, uh, litigation, <laughs> actually. Uh, From the Ezo party. In fact, me, me and Daniel are not in the same room recording this podcast because we are legally not allowed before the, the court date no. to be in the same same location. <laughs> we're, we're funneling through Skype. And we're actually using WhatsApp <laughs> to record this. We're using WhatsApp right now. Do people still use that? Is that the, the hype recording device now? Is it the hype recording the, device? Yeah, client, if you will. Word on the street is absolutely. WhatsApp to that. Uh, <laughs> DM. DM, son. Top of your head? Mm. The reason that this is not a discussion about gaming... Is. Is because this is kind of our review cast thing... For Avengers Infinity War. Mm. Uh, it's a little Say ditty it again. by Mar- Avengers <laughs> Infinity War. He's doing a pose. Yeah, it's good. He did kind of a thing. He started shaking. I, I kind of powered good. up from it a little bit. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So we saw the film. It's been, what, almost two weeks since it released? Yeah. Which came I, out on the 27th. Apparently we discussed 26, 27th. Two weeks after release would be the perfect time yeah. to discuss this. I mean, at least the general populace has seen it mostly spoilers would be covered and nobody would really be affected by it because everybody's seen it at this point. Everybody in the world, according to Daniel, has seen Avenger. oh, sorry, <laughs> Marvel Avengers Infinity War by Disney. We have to do that every time, sorry. Every, sorry, yeah, we actually... Kind of new thing. We literally... Because of the litigations. Have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but if we continue to do that consecutively through every episode, mm-hmm. word is we will be in the background of the next Kingdom Hearts game. <laughs> Could you imagine? But like, we'll be like fucking tree ants or some bullshit. No, we're gonna be in that stupid Monsters Inc. world, looking like fucking two bit monsters. Right. I don't like that. I don't like that. Two bit monsters in the back save room, boys. (laughs) Relegated to two bit monsters in the back of a fucking fucking level that nobody wants. Who wants to be in the Monsters Inc.? I mean, I I think I wanted franchise. I don't. Not. What about that interest you hanging out with these monsters (laughs) with Sullivan and uh, scaring children? Sounds fun. You want to scare children, huh? Coming through those little scare doors? Ah! Wow. You know, you know what else scared children? Hmm. Literally all of the events of Marvel 
Avengers Infinity War. So we're in it right now. Okay? Uh-huh. Tell me about this movie, Kevin. Okay. How do you feel about it? So we're, we're going to obviously dive into some serious spoilers about this, but before so, I, we just wanted to have like a little overview yeah. for discussion. the kids at home. Yeah. Um, Marvel, <laughs> Avengers Infinity War... <laughs> Is the drink every time we do it. <laughs> drink every time. Take, <laughs> take a shot. It won't get through literally 17 minutes of this. Yeah. Uh, Infinity War is the culmination of literally 10 years of interwoven plots and filmmaking and this this world building that has not really ever been seen in the film space before. Kind of serialized world building between films that you would only expect from maybe like TV shows and such. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel has, Marvel Studios has done quite the fucking feat. Now, they weren't always absolutely successful, but I feel like, especially in the last few years... At I least did, in the last five. Look me in the eye, Thor 2. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. No, not Dark World. <laughs> Anything but Dark World. It's a, it's a severely dark world. So, they have been on this fucking hot streak in recent years, mm-hmm. and it has all been leading up to Infinity This major War. cinematic event. Correct. Basic plot, if you need to know, and honestly, if you're fucking listening to an Infinity War review cast mm, thing, two weeks after the movie came out, I think you've come, seen it. Yeah. Come, <laughs> come with some knowledge. Come with some, come with some, a little bit of, like, yeah. no, we, um, just, the expectation is you probably know. Yeah. But here's... Twitter's the, ruined it for you. Here's now. the jive. There's <clears throat> a dude. He's the he, purple perp himself. Thanos. Purple, massive, rejected right. titan. Yeah. He's got a weird looking face but uh he's very imposing a very imposing figure yeah. so his whole jam is that he's hunting down what's called these infinity stones and apparently when you gather all six these are six elements they're representative of different elements of the universe mm-hmm. if you gather all six you have basically unlimited power and apparently his goal is to exterminate half of all life in the universe because in his eyes it is a matter of tipping the scale balancing it because obviously there is not enough resources for as much life as there is currently in the universe mm-hmm. a hard lesson ingrained in him as a boy on titan which he find right. out on his home planet yeah. where he even this is getting I don't, we're, we're, we're gonna make a differentiation we're here though. Into shit, right? we're gonna make a differentiation here though his yeah. motivation in the in the movie uh, is a little different than how it is in the comics. Um, Correct. He's trying to impress Lady Death. <laughs> trying to Mistress Death, yeah. the personification of Death in the Marvel universe, uh, basically because he's in love with her. And that one is more about. They keep on mentioning, uh, oh, there's more life currently in the universe than uh, has ever died. Mm-hmm. Which I'm just like that math just doesn't. Fucking, it seems a little off. Doesn't work out too. I mean, it could, maybe who knows? I mean, there's I a know. multiplicity effect after sure. a while. Yeah, I Michael Keaton's all over the fucking <laughs> Marvel verse, dude. <laughs> at least once. Yeah, at least once yeah. in Homecoming, but that was literally just one of the other clones of Michael Keaton from the film Multiplicity. <laughs> that was one of these other aspects. <laughs> The vulture is one of Michael Keaton's aspects. I like that. I never thought about it like that. You like that shit? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He killed it as a vulture, by the way. So the quick synopsis is, if you want to know, Thanos essentially lays hands on every central Marvel character that has ever been established over 10 years. 
of films over 18 films. <laughs> Basically every character to get a solo film. And almost every character that has an independent film... Save for Black Panther. ...was straight embarrassed by this gigantic, <laughs> vindictive man. <laughs> Vindic- vindictive purple space man. It, and, I gotta tell you, it is soul-wrenching at times, but also one of the most exhilarating experiences that you can get out of the Marvel films. I, I I can't stress that enough. I feel like if you're here, listen. The, the point I was trying to make earlier: if you're here listening to this, I think you probably have investment in this already, and you're just so caught up in the the fervor that is Infinity War yeah. because it's a very unique event unto itself. Well, I you're, think you're, well. I think even if you're just gonna go see it in passing, you might just be like, "Well, I know the Avengers. I like those characters. I'll go see it." Yeah. But the people with the, the most stakes in this outing and seeing this are people like us who have been along the whole ride or, you know, have at least caught up by this point. Essentially. So. I, I, I feel like it's just like if you're like listening to the fucking podcast about Infinity War, it's just because you want to hear people discuss it. You want to hear people disseminate oh, yeah. it like a bit. And, and that's totally okay and awesome yeah. because it's one of those films that, you know, it leaves you on at such a point where there's just so many possibilities in your mind. At the same time, you're working through what is essentially grief. So (laughs) I feel like this is going to be pretty much close to the cutoff point. But last words that we can say, just generally our impression of the film. Can you recommend this for a Marvel fan? What is your recommendation for a Marvel fan? Uh, As as a stodge Marvel fan, at least for the last 10 years across these, this MCU that's been built. um, I'm going to my little preamble here. Uh, Preamble. I remember I seeing the first Rambo. Iron Man. I remember seeing Incredible Hulk after that. Everything that came subsequently. And I saw these little things happening along the way. Like fucking Nick Fury coming in, starting the Avengers, and getting hyped when that came out in like 2012. And then just the further into that. And knowing behind the scenes that they're building this little thing. Because you see like murmurings of Thanos and snapshots of him here and there. And just they build him in such a, a way you're like, this could be something. Maybe not. But they do it 18 li- movies later. And it's like, yeah. All of it did add up to something. All of it really did. Um, I starting in January, uh, I kind of was watching and listening along with the kind of funny boys because they did like the MCU and review thing, and I was like, all right, maybe I'll go back and rewatch some of my favorites. Why? Why are you always getting free plugs on this fucking show? What have they done for us, dude? They inspire us. Uh huh. They're great, right? Yeah. But okay, they are great. So I kind of got, I got, I got re-inspired forever. For it. I'm like, yeah, I'm stoked, and I rewatched all my favorite movies, and I felt the hype of it. I was like, yeah, I actually get the Infinity Stones, I get all the Thanos play now, and the build up to it, and and going into it, I was like, I couldn't have been more hyped. I think this is the most hyped I've ever been going out to see a like a comic book movie, just because I know what it like signified. It was great. <laughs> That's true, dude. Like yeah. honestly, there's been like a certain level of hype that I've had for like you know each of the Marvel movies in their own right, especially after, like, you know, uh, getting a few years in Mm -hmm. to the MCU. Especially, like, for films like Spider-Man. Like, of course, I'm, like, super hype about it. You know, Spider-Man's my boy. My main boy. But this film in particular, just after 18 consecutive fucking films and seeing years and years of these characters go through, like, you know, the vicissitudes of of their lives, Mm -hmm. of their superheroic lives or or whatnot. We've seen, like, massive hero arcs over these movies like thor where he started is completely different to where he is at the end of this movie and it's like like that i couldn't help but be like yo i am genuinely excited about Mm -hmm. this experience and i have to say on the most general terms the movie pays off emotionally i think so too and it is a surprising film yeah it is a surprising film for a marvel movie because it doesn't make safe 
decisions that you would expect from this genre, especially the superhero genre. It, it just kind of it's not unfair the comparisons that I've heard to like Game of Thrones, yeah. especially in regards to like a season finale. Yeah, for Game of Thrones, the way that's it plays this, out. That's what this film feels like—a yeah. season finale. It feels like a penultimate episode leading into the finale, like that just right. solid block of building and climax, and it it's so I'm gonna say like alongside the game of thrones reference maybe it's like a little whedon-esque in the way that he takes choices and and risks like that i feel like nobody's safe right. in that nobody's safe here and i went in with the mindset of of thinking certain people were gonna get fucking ganked and nope not a single person i thought because whether by misdirection or maybe my own want of it i i was blindsided by all of it but i was anxious throughout most yeah. of that fucking movie really for sure i um I'll say it right now. I had an edible before we saw that movie. You and know what's funny about that? What? I did too. And I forgot everything I was feeling except what that movie was making me feel. <laughs> I was so centered by the experience yeah. because there was so much yeah. happening. It was so immersive and, and, and riveting. And I don't know, man. I love this movie. I love this movie so much. It's 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 good. It's very good. It's very good. It's a very good movie. And I uh, but it's an unusual film. I will I will kind of warn you about that because if you're going into it expecting, oh, let's say, any amount of character development, it's mm-hmm. not that kind of movie because no. it is literally the intersection of this universe of all of these different aspects of the Marvel films, different characters like Doctor Strange, the Guardians of the Galaxy, f- finally fucking meeting mm-hmm. for the first time. That's what this is really about. And it's a very plot-driven vehicle. Like, the plot absolutely is momentous constantly like throughout yeah. scene to scene in fact it's like a bulldozer of a plot idea for how simple it is right. like it keeps going with like dead force momentum for sure so, so that right there my lovely listener is the cutoff point of safety from here on out it is obviously going to be super spoiler territory if you have not seen this film for whatever reason I won't fault you mm-hmm. please go see the fucking movie uh, but this is your time to exude. Yeah. The save room is no longer safe. <laughs> <laughs> we flip the sign on the door. It We're... says, fuck off if you want to live. <laughs> Get dastardly with it. Super dastardly. Mm. Super da- like Like Donald Sutherland is outside like, <laughs> warning you of, of the perils that lie ahead. Uh, okay. So we're going to get into this shit. I want to talk about some shit. Obviously, I want to go through some story beats. I want to talk about some important shit to me. But, 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 I also want to point out, you you got to bust out your phone because you are participating in this program I want to established for this podcast, this very special podcast. Okay. We're going to read some fun facts to you kids out there. <laughs> Here and there. That were collected from a few resources, including, well, actually, probably like 100% IMDb mm-hmm. uh, trivia page. Yeah. But they're like little Kirby books. But they're so good. Some of them are so good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start off with one, and we're mm-hmm. going gonna to interrupt whatever thought process we have with these stupid facts. A random thought, in fact. For your joyment. Okay, give me one. Apostrophe, joyment. And then I'll give you one. Uh, oh, here's a fun one. Okay. A fun It's one. actually a terrible one. It's a very systematic one. Okay. Uh, this is considered Chapter 7 mm-hmm. of Phase 3 mm-hmm. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know where we're at now, and I don't know how it matters. (laughs) 
that's all I want to say about the numbering system that's and the going faces. on. I do, I do recall upon yeah. rewatching them over the last few months, like feeling the way they are blocked off and where like phase two began in three. Well, well and for me, phase one, up. okay, the transition between phase one and phase two seemed like very apparent. Like the Avengers. Especially since Boom. like they were totally explaining it back then. Yeah. And then when we got to like two to three, I did not know that we moved on to phase three at any point. What, what movie was, what was the first phase three? Chapter 7? I gotta go 7 movies back? What is that? Iron Man 3? What is that? No. I don't know. Guardian? No. Guardians? No. No, Guardians was like the it was end in phase of two. phase 1 or the start of phase 2? Hold on. We're, we're gonna look. We're we're going to uh, phone a friend. Because this we're is... phone Kevin Fiege. <laughs> What's his name? Fiege? Okay. Because this is important. Yeah, go ahead. I guess, for whatever reason. <clears throat> uh, phase 1 includes... For science, for science. <laughs> namely, does it bracket him? <laughs> Can you guys see this Wikipedia chart? Okay, so With Civil War was the start yeah. of Phase Three. So no Civil shit. War, Doctor Strange, Guardians Two, Homecoming, Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, and then the next Avengers movie. That's all considered Phase Three. So that's a lot. The last one in Phase Two was Ant Man. So it it. This one's off to a fucking killer start. That is true. Yeah. They are, they've been swinging for the fences, and then when those fences fall over, they just start swinging at whatever they see. Yeah. Old people. <laughs> children. Marvel doesn't give a shit no more. Not anymore. You, th- you think they would care more with Disney behind them, but... I do want to go... I want to go on a, a side branch, because okay. I just remembered it's nothing that Group I actually... Uh, out of all of the loose preparation mm-hmm. for this show, which has already been off the rails since the beginning. Yeah. You did. <laughs> typically... Uh, I do want to mention, I read an interesting article, forgot where the fuck, sorry, okay. that's very professional of me, about <laughs> something called the Marvel Creative Committee. Okay. The MCC? Specifically, it's dissolution. Okay. So th- they have been this creative force, this kind of oversight committee that consists of, uh, you know, talking heads like uh what's his name brian michael bendis who's very famous in the uh, marvel world he actually made a jump to dc recently oh really yeah what's he working on uh, i don't know i think he's doing superman or some shit i have cool. no idea anyway uh he was on the committee a few others were on the committee and then especially there's this one gent who i think was on the the head of the marvel side mm-hmm. who his background was toys and selling toys marketing toys da, 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 manufacturing da. so he was the one who famously said that you know th- they did not produce a black widow toy because he said well girls don't buy toys like that mm-hmm. so there's no point in making it yeah he was that guy very old school okay. sort of dude and uh kevin fiege i'll get his name right eventually yeah. uh i forget what the fuck can you look up what the fuck his role is but he he's like the honcho there he's like the the overseer of the mcu he's right a now. pretty big name he's a big name he always, he's the face man he's the president actually he's the face man he's the president of marvel, marvel studios, studios. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah 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 so he's the one who's complaining he's like well honestly some of the complaints and stuff because like any problems that the filmmakers were having while working on the films would have to go through the committee first or any changes choices da, 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 da. the whole fucking process mm-hmm. would have to go through the committee they would add their notes and apparently some of these notes were insane or just like what the fuck are you doing like this doesn't this doesn't jive well. Yeah. And in fact, um, apparently the rumor is that Edgar Wright's uh, exiting from Ant-Man mm-hmm. was because of the committee. He was just like, what? Oh. He did not enjoy working with them. He said it was shitty. Fucking shitty oh. as hell. 
Uh, and then apparently there is a, I, f- I forget her name, but there's a director who was be who was liked for Black Panther, exited that project famously as well because mm-hmm. she was like, I just it's very obvious that my vision is not going to align with Marvel's vision yeah. for this. But specifically, they believe that the committee was also responsible for that. So they were actually dissolved. And there has so far been, I think, four Marvel films that were created without their oversight, and they are some of the best. Black Panther mm-hmm. is a part of that. Thor Ragnarok is also with that uh, grouping, and mm-hmm. so is Infinity War. Okay, I think. Wh- which one was before? I forget. I don't think it was Homecoming. It might have been. It might have been Homecoming, actually. The, the fourth one that didn't have the committee on it. but um, Guardians 2, <clears throat> Homecoming, <throat> Ragnarok, Infinity War. You're right. It was Guardians 2. Guardians 2 was the other one that didn't have... Because Sony Pictures actually did uh, produce uh, that film entirely, mm-hmm. despite uh, Marvel's kind of influence on it. Yeah. Uh, Homecoming, I mean. Uh, so the article like pointed out, it's like, well, Guardians 2 is literally like the ultimate hangout movie. It isn't really about anything. Yeah. It's, it's just them six months later. It's a, just a real heavy character piece. Yeah. It doesn't, it really does not progress the Guardians and it doesn't progress Marvel. It just is there, but it's still a fun movie. Yeah. There's I think that. it establishes them more as a family and then his love interest for Gamora. Right. It just reinforces yeah. a lot of things of what Guardians 1 set out without so. being so plot-driven. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 James Gunn actually said the committee, uh, their notes pretty much made um, Rona and the Conqueror's appearance in Guardians 1 like as kind of convoluted and not fleshed out as it was. Yeah, he, he said, seems really weird. Yeah, he was like... He was, one-dimensional. He, he was like, if that character was like, like at odds with the movie at all, it is because of the committee. Mm. Yeah, he did publicly say that. Okay, I got, I can get that sense. Right. So, and then look at Black Panther. No committee, and it is one of the most politically charged films in the MCU. It's true. And then, look at Infinity War. Make some bold fucking decisions that you would not expect. It's it Marvel. swings for the the fences and smashes them. Right. <laughs> so I think that was just a super interesting article. I like that. But okay. Let's get into it. I want to start with the tone of the film. Okay. So I had this thought when I was watching Thor Ragnarok yeah. since it is the last sequential movie leading <coughs> up to this. Right. I thought to kind of bridge all the universes that it would come on Thor and what they were doing. Like, and there is guardianship. And I was like, okay, maybe Thanos will chance upon him. And I had chance that, upon him. I, that's how I thought the movie was going to actually open, and it did. But I didn't think what was going to happen fucking happened. We start out the havoc that was wreaked. on the Asgardian ship that yeah. escaped uh, from the destroyed Asgard. You hear an Asgardian distress call calling over it, right? And it's a ship full of dead Asgardians. Essentially, everyone that you saw at the yeah. end of Thor three fucking dead, yep. and or at it, least half of them. Thor's all fucked up mm-hmm. and enters the children of Thanos. Mm-hmm. They are four horsemen, essentially, that do all of his fucking wet work. Yeah. And they all like interesting powers, but they have goofy, stupid names. Like one Prox- of them, Proxima Midnight. That's the worst one. Uh, Proxima Midnight. Something Glaive. Something Glaive. There's one that's like fucking, I don't know, Edward Cullen. <laughs> Edward Cullen. Cullen something. Uh, and then there's the Maw. I forget. I forget what his full the name Maw, is. The Maw. The one they call uh, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Uh, <laughs> but some of them are genuinely imposing, which is yeah. really cool. But uh, essentially, everyone's Thor is defeated in this scene. Loki is there bargaining with these motherfuckers. And the tone is set instantly because Thanos shows up. We get some back and forth. You know, there's this kind of mood that's unfamiliar to a Marvel movie. That's this kind of somber, very like this almost 
persistent anxiety. Yeah. And I got to say, this persistent anxiety stayed with me throughout the film. You just felt like literally this opening scene left you off kilter because they kill Loki in this scene, mm-hmm. snap his fucking neck, and then afterwards has Thanos utter the words, no resurrections this time, to let you know that Marvel ain't it's fucking around. Yeah. It was really bold. They lead you to believe that Loki's probably going to be a big player, uh, at least with the children of Thanos, by way of marketing and like promo spots. Like they show him a bit more in the yeah. the the posters and all that, and literally he's only in the first five minutes of the and, movie. And he did the whole press tour too, he as did. well. Like there's a bunch of gifts on Tumblr about him, like making funny jokes yeah. about shipping and stands so, and all that shit. And little do we know, oh, he fucking dies within the first. Five minutes that came out movie. of nowhere because uh, like yeah he has leverage he has one of the stones um he has the the space stone and the tesseract um and he almost barters with thanos but thanos is like nah you had your chance like he kind of fucked up in right, the first right. avengers right he mentions his failure in the yeah. first film he's like i didn't i and then i i, I even kind of like had to remember i was like oh shit yeah loki did do that because yeah. of thanos weird yeah weird that it took six years to like have that kind of like wrap around again yeah it comes back really cool uh-huh um i mean granted like ronan did some dirty work in between them but you you think he has this leverage and that he's gonna be a what he player. killed alexis denisov that's yeah. what you mean ronan killed alexis denisov basically yeah that's uh, the worst death in the marvel universe in all of them fucking nobody else gets their head twisted around no oh my it's such a scene we're talking about the speaker by the way in guardians ronan fucking knocked this dude's head with his hammer so hard that it spun around like a fucking cartoon (laughs) it's violently comical it's it was actually really good that's i want to see guardians one again i've been hankering it's fun it's a fun time right okay so so Go ahead. We're on, on that Asgardian fleet ship. Asgardian fleet ship. Uh, everyone's Thor's, fucking dead. Thor is restrained. He can't do anything. Yeah. Um, Loki delivers a sign before he gets choked out. Like, uh, seven a line. We have a Hulk. Hulk comes out of nowhere. Fucking starts smashing with Thanos. Giving him a good run for his money, too. Pounding him fucking hit for hit. Gets him against a wall. And then, like, the children of Thanos kind of tense up. Like, you see their sphincters kind of going a little bit. And they're like, oh, should we get in there? And Proxima's like, nah, 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 nah. Hold it. Thanos kind of grabs his fist, turns it around, and turns it into his own fight. And he fucking wallops the Hulk. Wow, dude! I didn't know you had that much of an impression from this fit. Like, wow, yeah, that's could you literally like all two hours and like thirty six minutes? Could you fucking just like probably beat them to me? Probably. That sounds awesome. We can do that. We can we, we can run a bath and we can just do this. Yeah. Anyway, I have enough bath and uh, lavender. Anyway, but so essentially, like I said, it leaves you off kilter. Where mm. this movie fucks with your expectations of not only what a Marvel movie is, but what a superhero movie mm-hmm. typically does. You know? Like, it, it's not going through the motions. It's almost like it's comic a, booky in the things it tries yeah. to get away with. Because, like... It does. Because uh, they're very exaggerated moments, I will say. I won't say that it's like, oh, it's this severe shock. It's mm-hmm. like, no, they play up their big deaths mm-hmm. in this film. But at the same time, it works so well, and it contrasts against what's already been set up in the universe it's like wow traditionally it's only like you know one-off villains that get fucking yeah shot by a cannon or, or some shit or have their like neck snapped accidentally Usually. by iron man falling on them or some you're shit. lucky if you get like one death of fucking marvel movie yeah or, or implied deaths where it's yeah. like oh yeah you know when we dropped sokovia we killed like a hundred thousand people yeah but high five avengers <laughs> there will be levity for that later. yeah Don't yeah, yeah yeah so sokovia but Accords. but this one it's like no you're gonna watch this i i loved hearing I don't, this is weird that I'm saying I love hearing, but you could feel 
the atmosphere change in the audience that we were in the yeah. moment that you heard that very subtle his I was neck like, I was like whoa giving beneath Thanos' fucking gauntlet and man. then he just tosses his body aside he doesn't even care Right in front of his brother, Thor screaming under the fucking scrap says metal. some shit. Yeah, to to Thor, and then You're blows up the ship. This. Throws up the blows up the ship with the fucking power stone. Oh, hold on. What did we miss? We missed this part. I didn't know we were um, gonna do like such an accurate retelling. No, of no. Film. I don't so, know if I really want to go through. It's, this. it's pivotal the transitioning because this is such a, okay, a crazy okay. cold open. Cold, yeah. Um, it's an office cold open gone wrong. It's at least a, a Russo brothers sort of cold opening style. The Russos. The Russos, Anthony and Joe. So they do that... um, Bethany and Mikey, yeah. What's his name? Fucking Heldheim? Um, Thor's best friend. I just elbowed. Oh, 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 oh. Um, I forget his name. Highhelm. Highhelm. Your death is is not forgotten. (laughs) You... You matter here, but he... he (laughs) You just can't remember your name. He uses a bit of the Bifrost to send Hulk to Earth after he gets whooped. And that's kind of how the Avengers get looped into Heimdall. Heimdall. <clears throat> yeah, he gets killed pretty bad. Um, oh yeah, he gets in. Yeah, I forgot all about that. I was so impressed by Loki's death that I forgot that we also. But well, that one happened so quickly. But that one felt like a contractual killing because it's just like Idris Elba is wasted in the Marvel movies because he he got in on the ground level with Thor and didn't really have a meaty part and they kept on trying to do shit with him because they're like shit we have an actual bona fide actor on our hands but his parts were still just kind of like okay well you made of like made him like a weird kind of cryptic seer dude and yeah sometimes he helps and he he was he was kind of a big player in Ragnarok. Ragnarok yeah he saved <clears throat> all of Asgard essentially but it's like. Ugh. <clears throat> Like I, I felt like even even probably Idris was like you know, I like the check, but uh, we can wrap this one up. That's yeah, fine. you can kill me in the opening. That's, yeah, he that's didn't necessarily after. need to be yeah. there. He's like, so. I, I don't need to be in the background of fucking Infinity War, yeah. like tossing spears and whatnot, <laughs> and fucking just hanging out. Like, it, no, you can no. kill me. It's fine. <laughs> so all, all that yeah. shit happens. Yeah, yeah all that shit happens. In it kind of it takes your breath. Yeah, and you're like holy shit, and then the movie starts. Really. It is a vacuum sucking the air out of the room kind of moment. Yeah, and it's great. It's pretty wild. Uh, and we just we get into the movie. We we get we you know uh, our main players meet Doctor Strange meets Tony Stark for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting interactions because they're both very similar in personality type because yeah. they are typically very they are both used to being the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. And so when they meet, it's very it, it's obvious friction instantly but they come from such it's weird they come from some such different worlds and they don't really the movie doesn't have time to embrace that no that that kind of meeting of the minds because it's like one of them is rooted in mysticism mm-hmm. the other one is technology you know and knowledge and it's like well they both had disparities they've had to <laughs> overcome and they're both skillful in a way yeah with intelligence and sciences and arts but what ends up happening is just like oh it's cool to see him on the screen together and uh strange calls tony a douchebag at one point a few times fantastic yeah yeah fantastic Uh, but but their interplay is good it was still cool the interplay was still absolutely cool. i'm gonna say all the groupings that they do i think there's like four or five major groupings of characters it's all done so well and balanced so well throughout the entire film i was like I don't know how we're going to get all these characters together. I don't know how well it's going to balance an ensemble cast, but they balance it better than I could have ever imagined. Well, one of the screenwriters was talking about that, and he said that you have to, like, basically, uh, ch- the way that he described it was, you got to pick your teams for volleyball, you know, and, and then, yeah. then go at it, but you can't have, like, everyone going at, like, 25 people in a room mm-hmm. fucking just duking it out or conversating over each other. So he's like, it was very much a deliberate 
choice that they made to be like, well, we're going to split them off and give them their own kind of mini plots that mm-hmm. serve the overall arcing story. Instead of having like a strong A plot and then maybe like a weak B plot, like yeah. they have three or no, sorry, four really good individual plots. Right. There's a lot of discrete components that like much like the intertangled web of the entire Marvel universe, they all meet at some point in mm-hmm. interesting ways. Uh, and it's handled really, really well. Like again, like this, there's this movie has such a kinetic force to it. Like it does not linger for any. No, I think it, I think it's the way it's paced. Like they know they had two hours and thirty six minutes to play with, and they had to get it all down. So yeah. like, there's not a wasted second. They had to pare it down for sure, and that's why sometimes like the I, I guess one criticism that it's a very soft criticism that I can land toward it is mm-hmm. that there are, despite the lack of character development, there are these kind of big moments for the characters that. The movie just does not have the time to let you embrace. Like, like for instance, there is this one part where, through circumstance, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Parker's joined Iron Man in space, essentially. And <laughs> Tony Stark just kind of bequeaths him. He goes like, all right, kid, you're an Avenger. Yeah. And it's such a small interaction for Tony, obviously. He just walks off. Mm-hmm. But for Peter... That's the world to him. He, even on his face, it ling- the, the camera lingers on him for a good like ten seconds, and it's like the proudest right. moment you've probably ever seen him have. And it's just, I'm just like, wow, dude. That's honestly for the course of like where that character has been created through Civil War, had his own film in Homecoming mm-hmm. to now, especially like the way that he was like the whole, uh, what do you call it, the Stark internship program, mm-hmm. which was really like him trying to be an intern for the Avengers yep. in Homecoming. And what you did for it, all that movie. It's such a big moment, but the movie just like okay. Now we're in the next scene. Yeah. Because <laughs> they have to. They have to. And it's, but it's like, honestly, it is the truest experience of what the comic books are. Yeah. You know, when you get like those brief big, little glib moments. Right. When you get those big crossover, like, moments in the, in the comics, it's like, okay, well, we have, like, enough time to give you a cool interaction, but we can't, like, do the Joss Whedon Tarantino effect and be like, yeah. let's sit these two characters down and give them an hour to talk it out. Like, no, no, no. They, they don't have that time to play no, with. That's not the. They're, they're going on the assumed knowledge that you already have the 18 movies of experience going into this. Right. Which it, it definitely handles and helps in going into this movie. You don't necessarily need to have it if you have some knowledge of the characters, mm-hmm. but it helps. Speaking of the meeting of minds, I got a, I got a fun little fucking true believer trivia here for you why is it called a true believer uh, trivia for me Kevin? well did you know in the old marvel publications at stanley in the letters to the editor he would always like you know he would start it like hey true believers and hmm. he would always sign off with excelsior and oh, shit like that so true believers was a very it's a stanleyism for like sure a call sign yeah like it's that. great yeah so I, I think there's even references to it like in like trophies and shit for like marvel based games and stuff oh probably yeah. like the ultimate alliance and shit yeah i think like one of the lego ones like when you get every fucking stupid uh coin gem it's like ah true believer or some shit that's yeah it's great okay i have a fun fact for you okay lay it out both robert downey jr and benedict cumberbatch got it got it in one (laughs) have portrayed famed detective sherlock holmes in film and tv and they are in a film together there's there's actually a lot of like uh actor crossover uh, like uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Holland were in a film together before this 2013. I forget it was some like drama or some shit. Really? I forget what the fuck it was. I don't know that. Yeah, IMDb knows what it was. <laughs> IMDb knows. I does not care everything. enough to know what this fucking rom com <laughs> could have been. Um, <laughs> and then like a lot of yeah uh, actors from Losers that fucking. Do you remember that? that that's another comic inspired one with Chris Evans. No, I don't remember Losers. That one. 
Chris Evans and a few others of the cast, I think, including uh, God, who plays Sam Wilson? Why do I know the character's name and not? Um, fuck Sam Wilson. Fuck, what's his name? Falcon. <laughs> he has a cool name too. That's he, the problem. That's why I'm so does. mad at why I can't what is remember his, his goddamn name. Yeah, I don't remember it. Sorry, we have been. We are in the process of drinking right now. That's true too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you give me that true believer fact. We got to move on. Okay. <laughs> um so we're on earth now um clean introduction uh children of thanos they are sent to uh find the remainder of the infinity Stones on earth thanos is like i'm gonna go ahead and get my own i right. got this on my lock you guys go to all these concerts where i think i know they are so he sends them to new york uh he sends them elsewhere um in these weird donut ships well i do want to stop so uh the power stone the purple stone is mm-hmm. the one that was used by Pete, Pete Quill yep. at the end of Guardians 1. Yep. Right? They all use it, actually. So they the come Nova, together. So the Nova Corps actually uh, obtained that afterwards. Like They took, took they that. They did. And so uh, we Thanos, don't even... No, Thanos leveled Xandar to get that stone. Right. We don't even see that happen. No. It's not even mentioned, but it's just, the, you just kind of have to infer it. Wow. Yeah. Because he has it at the beginning of the fucking movie. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. He gets the space stone from Loki. From Loki, after um, snapping his bitch neck. And then they go to Remember? Earth for the Time Stone, presumably, which is what leads us into Doctor Strange. Right, right. Um, and, the, and the Hulk, he flew into the, yeah, the Sanctum Santorum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh, shit. That's a the, what, what do you got? That ain't no Santeria. <laughs> Santeria Square. Whatever's going on. Wong's hanging out. They're talking about some, some ice cream for a while. And yeah, they're just shooting the shit, talking about like okay. their favorite like pastrami. That I'm just reworking it in my mind because yeah. it's been like a week since we see it. But we saw the movie twice. We did see it twice in the um, same weekend. W- initially, we saw it in 3D. It uh, wasn't bad in 3D. I gotta say, I fucking hate 3D, especially for a glasses wearing mm-hmm. motherfucker as my such. But it works because I think Disney. <laughs> yeah. um, all of my favorite movies I've ever seen in theaters Disney. are Disney movies. They do all your favorite movies that you've seen in theaters are Disney. They movies? They do. Or all your favorite three D movies. Are... That's what I should say. Yeah, all my gotcha. favorite three D movies are Disney movies. Because um, <laughs> they do environmental. 3D. I mean, it's fine. There's people that yeah. do admit that, like, hey, my favorite, you know, movies are Disney movies. But they do really well, like environmental. They're 3D. strange people, and they're typically Christians. Typically, mm-hmm. we don't get too many of those out here anymore christians in seattle yeah. fuck no 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 we we keep them out <laughs> bat them out <laughs> bat them out um so we got, we got tony stock together we got dr strange and then we get pete yep. parker in the six pete parker gets in the, the sketch yeah <laughs> him and ned are on the bus he's like oh shit my spidey senses they are tingling and he's like ned and why because there's a giant fucking weird spaceship just that's going kind whoa, of whoa, arrived whoa, 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 it's whoa, whoa, really whoa. weird i do want to uh, okay so that moment mm-hmm. when it arrives so most of the film is shot like handheld, yeah. which is a really interesting choice for as big of a film as it is. But uh, the especially Russo's, for some how some of the shots are lined up. Too. Right, I was watching this video where the roosters were kind of explaining that choice. It was a very boring technical video, mm-hmm. but we got down to the root of the matter. They said <laughs> in order to marry the different like, even though every Marvel film is a part of the same universe, they mm-hmm. all have their different styles. So in order to kind of marry those together in one consistent experience. They had, like, the choice that they made was, like, well, if we're shooting both Thor and Guardians in the same room, let's just go handheld. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a, a meeting in the, mi- the middle, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. as stylized as the Guardians films are versus, like, Thor only just became stylized, yeah, sort of, you know? with Ragnarok. So it's, yeah, it's, 
That's a very interesting choice. Yeah. Um, I think so, they had to make a lot of smart calls like that because there are a lot of big scenes and, and interplay moments that they right. have to be able to handle very like deftly. But what happens is it ends up being a little more impactful when they with that moment when the ship is just like in the middle of New York and they mm-hmm. walk outside to see it after yeah. seeing people running through the street. And it's such an eerie reminder, obviously, of like 9-11. Like yeah. any... Any huge event like that. Oh, it's it's a heavy like apocalyptic feel, right? To play on that, but like you know, it it was just it was done in such a way where it was just like, okay, wow, this movie is trying to let you know it's pretty fucking serious about what's going on. I mean, you see them in the trailers, you're like, ah, it'll be a thing. It looks kind of menacing, and it's like, no, it is. But what what's interesting is like it's not just this kind of feeling of desperation for Earth. Mm -hmm. It's this cosmic desperation everywhere that Thanos goes pain follows it's true and it's such an interesting thing the way that they they play thanos in this as we were talking his his intent is to balance the scales as far as the overpopulation of the universe Mm -hmm. goes and there is something about the way that they write thanos and the way that josh brolin portrays thanos where it's not just like which is excellent by the way you know how right you know how they, they they refer to him as the mad titan yeah well he's not you know that's that well he is crazy. He is, but he's crazy convicted. Yeah, and what's I think interesting the is the way like, they write his conviction to it. Right, you recognize that. You yeah. recognize it in real life because the thing that actually got me was that when he's kind of ex- explaining his intentions to to the other characters in the film, mm-hmm. whenever he deems it necessary, yeah. which is very little of the time, only like two characters, like Tony is, Stark and Gamora. I think. Yeah, like <laughs> what, was he even willing to be like? So this is what I'm up to. Yeah, <laughs> like and not even like explaining his villainous plot, just like trying to reason with like, them. This is it. You could tell he's like chaotic good almost. Right. You could tell that he he very obviously pities people for not seeing his perspective, mm-hmm. which is because he knows they're doomed. That's how fucking crazy people work. That's how it was that's how very, uh, evangelicalism works, right? Like it, it's just, ugh, it's yeah. it's eerie to see that even portrayed like okay through the funnel of like here's an actor trying to display that, mm-hmm. and then we got to funnel it through a fucking CG rendering. <laughs> Which, by the way, I didn't know how that was gonna pan out, but that is probably right. the, one of the best full CG characters I've ever seen. It was not out of place at all. No. It just. Even even when like it was astoundingly good. More it, to the point, even when there was scenes that were like you know totally uh, digitally rendered, like well you know when they would go to space or mm-hmm. show like nowhere and shit like that. Yeah. When they it didn't look green screened at all. No. Which was so cool about that because like you remember that one bad scene in Ragnarok where fucking uh, the All Father Odin is out there and he yeah in fade. Scotland yeah. or what whatever it is it's supposed to be like a Norse land. He fades to dust, yeah. which was apparent. It's a hint. Oh, it was a hint the precursor to all right this, he, the true ragnarok he goes to fucking dust like that shit looks so bad it looks so it looks, fucking phoned in the effect yeah. but this film it's like no it looks really good the digital shots are amazing and then it really blends well with the way that they filmed it it's almost some of the cinematography is killer this film like, is like this no. is this is landmark like russo brothers cinematography for me especially with like some of the fucking depth of field shots they have right every intro shot to every planet or realm you go to they do like a title card with it but they intro it in a way where it's like you feel immersed in it the way they pan through it and it's just like wow it doesn't feel fake at all it feels like someplace i've actually like viscerally felt they did such a good job at handling those scenes right. the only cg scene that kind of fell flat for me yeah. is in new york it's the first time tony gets into his suit it kind of forms around him out of his adidas track you suit. talked about this i don't it's just, i didn't see the same shit dude it looked fine it forms up around his body to yeah. his face and it just looked really weird in cg but that's the only scene that really bugged me i i, I think it looked 
Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I I relent to you mm-hmm. on this. I didn't notice anything. I literally was. I had to look around my own erection when that scene happened. Because <laughs> so much else was So happening. I could understand where maybe you caught something I did not. Yeah. Because, whoo, that thing was flicking my nose. That's how bad it was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we're in New York, right? SpongeBob is chasing the fucking time stone. Chase, chasing the fucking time zone, which Doctor Strange has. Doctor Strange gets fucking abducted. We don't have to like go go through the whole thing. We're like moving this, it, man. I just <laughs> want to keep it. We're keeping talking points going too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But you know, we keep don't, me going. We don't have to go through. I'm trying to what? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to. We're not Wikipedia, dude. They can look it up if they want to know like beat for beat what happened. Yeah. But we got cool a lot, a lot of cool moments. Fucking Doctor Strange, Iron Man, and Spider Man end up in space together. That is probably one of the coolest moments in the whole movie. And they fucking encounter the Guardians of the goddamn galaxy up there before that we have thor encountering the guardians yeah he fucking hits their windshield wiper which was let's talk about their killer intro scene like they come into this like so appropriate like guardian song it feels very guardians the second they hit the screen got another fun fact i didn't even write this one down for you uh james gunn actually wrote all of the dialogue for the guardians in this film Hmm. yeah even though he didn't get like a writing credit for it like he he handled the dialogue. It makes sense. It them. feels very like Guardians and felt very organic for them. It felt very organic, but I do want to say, especially given the uh, the events and tone of this movie, mm-hmm. it was kind of... There's something hard, the process of, about going from like just the fucking fun hangout films that Guardians 1 and 2 was mm-hmm. to the things that happened to the Guardians in this film. By the end of it, I yes. I mean, essentially, spoiler time, kids, the only survivor is Rocket. And by the end of the movie, yeah, that's that's true. Everyone gets wiped out, and Gamora's death plays an integral part of this fucking plot, which is like such a big decision for like, I mean, her kind of backstory and her importance is like hinted at in the Guardians films, but it's mm-hmm. really Pete's story, Peter Quill's story. Yeah, you know, especially him coming to the terms with who he is in the sequel and whatnot. You know, she's not just the love interest, but they they don't build her to have a huge story outside. No. Of like, well, I mean, she has the Thanos story, her her story with right with him and Nebula, and that's actually big in the uh, Infinity War comic lines. And that's there, and that's literally the first time we get any sort of clarification or, I would say, additional information about Thanos in the Marvel films when, when they kind of go into Gamora's backstory. Because beforehand, it's just kind of like, well, he's mentioned in Avengers, kind of, and he's shown in the post-credits scene for sure. And Guardians 2... Nebula has a whole scene where she talks about his plan and what he wants to do and how she wants to get revenge and kill him, basically. And Sean Gunn is like, oh, okay, that's real cool. <laughs> like, he kind of just, like, is uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. by her notion. Like, <laughs> she basically pronounces that she wants to kill her own father. Yeah. Um. So that's the first time you get the real impact of, like, what he's about to do. But then Gamora in this film yeah. gets a lot of substance, a kind of a lot of scenes. And I noticed, like... I almost knew something bad was happening because, okay, here's another fun fact, just because we're talking about it. Infinity War is actually set four years after the events of Guardians 1 and 2, both of which apparently took place in the same year. So four years later, uh, Star-Lord and Gamora are obviously in a relationship. Um, Everyone else is rocking. They're happy. Groot's grown up to a teenager who's kind of a fucking dirtbag. He's playing his little fucking handheld game. Yeah, playing, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, it's a big Easter egg for all of it. What is it called? It wasn't Space Invader, though. No. Fuck, it's the like Defenders, going. I think. It was Defender. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it's called. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so, um, <laughs> you know, they're doing their thing, and they answer the distress call. They meet Thor. 
and they come That's across a, the Asgordian ship. They see right. bodies just floating in space. It's such a like eerie shot. You're like, holy shit, is this really still a Marvel movie? Right. It doesn't. It like it in- interrupts their cool, happy '70s song. They're all singing together, and it's like here's a really dire moment that they answer just because they're the guardians. Even they're like they turn it around like comedy, like yeah. you know, especially when fucking Thor. Like the body fucking like cracks the windshield almost. (laughs) Yeah, when he crashes on the windshield, that's like okay, it gets funny again. Uh, But there's this moment, especially uh, Peter's reaction, where he's just like, (sighs) like just fucking taking in the amount of death, and I'm just like, they haven't seen that yet. That that is literally the tip of the iceberg for what they do to the Guardians in this film. That's true. I I think every character though in this movie has Mm -hmm. that same moment of wow, we've never seen this level of devastation or what's about to happen. You see it on every character's face, at least in every part. It's so interesting how they balance that, too, but it's, like, their story is super integral to the main story. Yeah. You know, and and I would say so is Doctor Strange and and Peter's, and that actually intersects at one point. And so, like, you know it's coming, and we've gotten it, like, a, a little bit beforehand, but seeing these characters on screen interacting for the mm-hmm. first time is a lot of fucking fun it's a lot of fun they handle it really and well. it makes you want so much more of it but i feel like they balance it just like to the right degree of just like well if they realistically met each other wouldn't they just like act like this like, they're not, they're not going to just stand there and ask each other questions they're just yeah. gonna be like they're gonna hop into action and just do i think yeah. peter's the only one who's a little like kind of like reticent about it he's like oh because i'm still a kid i'm not really sure like these are big people like even when he introduces himself to like dr strange like it's it's almost like fanboyish the way he does it (laughs) but everybody else knows okay there's something happening call to arms we go right (laughs) god oh pete is like fuck it's good i i'm gonna say right now tom holland might be my favorite spider-man he is my favorite he kills it he fucking kills kills it every time all of his scenes this movie solidified it yeah his scenes in this film solidified, like, and, oh, I gotta mention, giving such a great, first of all, I dig on the Iron Spider suit, it's not exactly the one from the comic, but it is a representation of it, and I love the way it looks, yeah. it's, it's, it's real slick looking, it's slick as fuck, and it's like, yeah, it's not his, like, all the time suit, no, you know, it's obvious, you know, when they do a sequel to Homecoming, yeah. they're not gonna make him wear that shit all the time, I think that's the one he actually rejects at the end of Homecoming, when he it is. decides no, to it's not the same be an adventure, yeah. So that's a cool little nod right there. But uh, the way it comes into play is really cool, too, because he doesn't even know he has it until he st- starts falling out of orbit from the spaceship. And then he's like, holy <laughs> shit. It's, it's, it's neat. It's such a well-rendered moment. God, it's good. Um, <coughs> Especially, <coughs> help me out. Especially the fucking spider legs, which are accurate to the comic. It was yeah. so fucking cool to see that in action. And it was like, damn, dude, you guys, like... Especially when you get him on uh, on Titan and he's, like, catching all the Avengers going off. Like, he's using it. <laughs> it's, leave it to... Like, Marvel's gotten to this point where they cherry-pick, like, all these best components from the comics without mm-hmm. being, like, totally adherent to it. Or totally, like, ham-fisted with it. Yeah. <laughs> that it's just like, god damn, guys, how did you know that... Yes, I like it. I like how you use that. You're keeping it new, but you're making it smile. You're making it smile. <laughs> like, it's so it. fucking good. It's, I think it's how they play it with him. Can we talk about his uh, his moment? His uh, his Aliens Day moment? Right, 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 right. <laughs> One of the... Be- oh, dude. It's so good. Movie comes out on, on what is officially Alien Day. What, April 26th? Uh, yep, April 26th. Four, 
426 because it stands for LV426, which is the planet that Alien uh, 1 and 2 take place on. I didn't know that. Actually, it's not a planet. It is a satellite. Yeah. It is a, it is a moon. Um, yeah, that's what it. That's what it's <laughs> for. Because he's like, all right, Kate, Tony's like, what, what's your plan? we got to save Doctor Strange from this fucking Squidward. What do we do? What do we do? And he's like, uh, have you ever seen this one movie, Aliens? <laughs> he just fucking goes with it. It's, and it's so fucking good. And it's such a I did not expect a Marvel movie of this, like, importance to just take a deviation to literally nail an aliens reference where they even have fucking the mall floating in space exactly as alien queen did right and aliens i was just like god damn dudes they nailed that shot like high fucking five you think glaive's gonna have like such a fucking pivotal role to the end because he's like this mastermind he's torturing doctor strange and then he gets sucked sucked out of the fucking (laughs) the back it's it's wild it's so good oh i fucking loved it like this movie it's just ah so there there's moments of just sheer enjoyment, you know, especially the action so fucking clever yeah. throughout this film. Like, Can we talk about um the no, Thor? No, we certainly the Thor can't moments talk with about that. the Guardians. How the good Thor they are. Moments, oh, they're fucking just their dialogue is oh, great. God. Yeah. I okay. I didn't originally like Thor at all as a character. Okay. I didn't like him in Thor one. Thor we two. We all make mistakes. Even worse. Daniel. You see what he's supposed to kind of be in the Avengers because you balance them across these like human characters and he's like, Well, I'm a god, so like he has different ideas, ideologies, but by Ragnarok in this movie, he's almost humanized in a, in a, a cool, good way. And his dialogue and the way he talks and vibes with other characters is way different than how he started. So I love, I love his interplay in this movie so much. Like, it's great. I'm trying to look through. Okay, we're getting to some end game shit. We're getting into the end game, Daniel. This is end game, as Doctor Strange said. For shit, I have a lot of facts here. Yeah, throw me one. We were talking about Spider-Man for a second ago. Mm-hmm. I do want to mention, uh, this film is the first depiction of Spider-Man's trademark spider sense in the MCU. Okay? Sure. This ability was hinted at in Captain America Civil War, but not demonstrated in Spider-Man Homecoming. And I actually was just like, what do you mean it was hinted at? And I looked it up. Um, it is that scene where when he's talking to Tony Stark in, in his bedroom mm-hmm. about how like he has to have these fucking like tinted goggles. Yeah. He was just like he says like well sometimes my sense is just like uh, it's like yeah, everywhere. He drops it. It's like, yeah, that that is his he's describing a spider sense, but he doesn't understand what it is yet. Uh, and so in this film it's actually the first time that, you know, when you see his hair, hair raised up, yeah. and there's another moment where after that alien fucking reference where he makes another alien reference and he was like if, if there's anything that like, gets in my chest or anything like just like you know you can take me out or whatever yeah it's when they land on titan and then he suddenly goes like what i'm trying to say is something's coming yeah that's another instant that's his spider sense yeah kicking off developing he, he doesn't quite understand it but he's starting to like react to it and be like wait guys <laughs> something's happening this is important and then we'll get to the ending. I want that to be a separate thing. Mm-hmm. But the third instance of him using a spider sense is at literally the last five minutes of the film. Okay, we'll get okay. to that. We'll get to that. Um, we're gonna put a pin on that shit. Put a pin on that shit real good. Yeah. Um, we got the stones floating around. Uh, I love the way as he comes along them, he uses them. Like, you get the sense that he's going to, like, he's got this gauntlet. He's going to get them all. And, you mean Thanos? Yeah, and then he's just going to be super powerful with things. He's going to be able to do what he does with him. I, it just slipped my mind for a second that there would be a unique trait tied to each one that he would use characteristically, <laughs> whether in a fight or to deceive. Well, obviously, you didn't play a lot of Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. They all have unique traits, sir. I mean, I played once, and I kind of whooped you. You did whoop me. That, that was the only time, other than with Mortal Kombat 9. 
that have whooped you in a fighting game. Mortal Kombat 9, it was touch and go. Though. Yeah, we, we got good at that together. We were like Vegeta and Goku. We were neck and neck. I'll get the reference. Neck and neck. I was Goku. Okay, how was Vegeta? Because I was, of course, going to far excel you. But, um... <laughs> Which one's Trunks? Uh, Trunks is Vegeta's son. Okay. And he's from the future. <laughs> okay, that's all I need. <laughs> wow, this is getting... Hmm. I feel like I I'm explaining Marvel movies to somebody <laughs> now. Uh... <laughs> But no, as he gets them, he uses them, and it's very, very cool. I didn't think they were going to lean into it that hard. That instance where he uses a reality stone to trick uh, the Guardians on Nowhere, Yep. where he looks like he is interrogating uh, the, collector, the Collector, and it turns out like, oh, mm, fooled you guys, I actually fucking I've had it the whole time. wrecked this place yep. already. This is a trap, because I know Gamora knows where the fucking Soul Stone is. Yeah. Fuck y'all. They lean in that, into that real hard. And that, we, we get such a great fucking... It's amazing that this movie has even the time to give us as many great character moments that it did. Mm-hmm. But when uh, Star-Lord confronts Thanos after it looks like, oh shit, he captured Gamora. And Gamora, like previously, made Peter promise. Yeah, she makes him bet on her life, like on his on his mother's life even. Like, you need to kill me you need if to kill Thanos me gets me. If Thanos captures me. Because she knows she... what he's capable of. And she knows the location of the Soul Stone. Yeah. She knows how to get it, at least. So, that moment happens, and it's such a good fucking moment where he pulls the trigger and then, oh, hey, he this dude affects reality, so your bullets have become bubbles, fuck you. It's a bubble gun. And Thanos literally says, like, I like you. Yeah. And fucking disappears, and it's just like... The writing is so goddamn on point. For that moment, you really feel the levity of the moment of like, wow, he really just got away. Like, don't get me wrong. I feel like there's moments that we could have kind of like stayed on and some moments where it's like, mm, you overplayed this. Especially Gamora's death where it was just like this. Happened. It lingered a little it too It felt long. like fucking like 10 minutes where yeah. it was just like. That, that panning upshot. They should have they should have like played on the surprise of it a little bit. But like that mm-hmm. is one of the more still it's an effective scene because it kind of you feel sympathetic towards Thanos. Yeah. You know? Because the caveat is that in order to gain the soul stone, you need to sacrifice what you most love. And Gamora thinks she's in the fucking clear because she's like, you don't love anything. You're, you can see the dickhole. Yeah. And Thanos turns around. Motherfucker's crying. his barney ass face. Yep. He's anime crying in front of this bitch. And oh, by the way, I didn't mention Red Skull's back. The cameo you didn't think you wanted. It was so wild. But you're so glad to have. Right? I was like, okay, he got launched out of space in Captain America. He's out there floating. Who knew he'd get We're picked like, up? We're like, fuck in, that guy. Who knew he'd get picked up in fucking, uh, what is it, uh, Ndalvier? Just goes to show you, man. Yeah. He's just there. No, Vormir is Fucking where they Nazis. Go. When Nazis die, they get to be these weird fucking he, interstellar protectors. He's a keeper of the stone. Yeah. Strange. Huh. I want to know, though, did she know, leading up to this mission when she gave away the information that she knew where it was, that it would cost a life to get the stone? Did she know that she would even pose herself as a Well, rock? she didn't seem to, because when no. she heard uh, Red Skull mention where it's like, well, you got to give up what you most love, my dude, uh, she started laughing because she was like, you don't love anything. I've been waiting for a moment yeah. where the universe judges you. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. And the, she's like, the universe is judging lines, you right now. Right, right, right. Like, the universe has judged you and, yeah, yeah exactly, found you on board. And you failed. The fuck. And it was like, it was such a good moment, but the thing is, like, it was telegraphed. It was like, there. that was literally the movie throwing its punches where I was just like, he's going to kill Gamora. Yeah. And it sucks. 
But at the same time, it's like, I kind of like that they overplayed the, the tragedy there. Because it was like, by the way, even though this seems very obvious to uh, you kids at home, this is Marvel doing this. Yeah. This is Marvel doing this to one of the characters that we put on cups and toys yeah. and backpacks. We are fucking murdering. Who we thought character. was like untouchable. Who we exactly. thought was started for maybe Guardians 3. Nobody in the Guardians dies unless no. they're like an ancillary character. It's okay to kill a Yondu, but it's not okay to uh, kill hold a Mora. Pour one out for Yondu. Pour one out for Yondu. Yondu Ooh, is so I got good. another fun fact for you, my dude. <laughs> I'm on Yondu. a roll right now. Do it. So, characters rumored to appear but did not in this film include Aunt May, Yondu, Hawkeye, Ant-Man, Captain Marvel, and Betty Ross. Hmm. Interesting lot. But we still did get her father. Was it William Ross? The other Ross, the yeah. General Ross. General Ross was in the film, which I love that. Uh, the, like, he's the only holdover from the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> he literally is the only actor that survived the the wreckage of that film. He's one of the ones who's pushing like the Sokovia Accords. And, yes, as like you need to arrest Captain America. He was integral he to, to Civil yeah. War. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny where it's just like, man, it looks like we didn't erase Incredible Hulk from the no, fucking it's uh, still, continuity. It's still canon. It's still canon. Yeah. <laughs> I love that though. Uh, there's Marvel's a, Marvel's serious. They're sometimes. pretty serious about their callbacks. Okay, so what's interesting about this one is that uh, Betty Ross was, uh, apparently they thought that Liv Tyler was going to come back as Betty Ross. That would have been that cool. That was rumored. Yeah, what a, that's a cool cool. I like, I like her a lot. But I like that they didn't do that because they had that kind of like interesting callback to uh, Black Widow and Bruce Banner getting together in Avengers 2. That's true. And it was like, it was such a brief moment and it turned into a funny moment, but it was still like... Yeah, he disappeared for two fucking years. And when he shows up again, he's like, by the way, a brutal space titan is coming to kill us all. That's true. Yeah. Also, I have a reptile Hulk dysfunction. <laughs> Apparently, this movie was the third point of a, a three-movie arc for the Hulk. Like a, like a mini plot across the movies. I think it starts with Ultron, goes into Ragnarok, and ends here. Um, and this is basically maybe his renewal into becoming like a better Hulk or something. That's what they were saying. Uh, I could see that because yeah. it seemed like he was kind of exploring himself a little bit in Ragnarok. Well, and it, he was a little more open about some shit. You remember he was, like he kept on calling Thor friend. He's like yeah. friend stay and <laughs> shit like stay. that. And he's like yeah. more vocal than he had ever been. Right. Uh, he had been stuck as the Hulk though for two years at that point. Look at that. We 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 go from the Incredible Hulk to the the comfortable with himself Hulk. Yeah. Except the, the stay Hulk. Except in this film, he was literally beaten peaceful by Thanos, where Bruce Banner can't even like convince the Hulk to come out. By the way, that's another fact. It's the first time that Bruce Banner directly addresses the Hulk in any of the MCU films. He has mm-hmm. never spoken to his alter ego before, and the Hulk responds to the film going, "No." Yeah, like when he wants to come back out, he's like, "No," and it's like, "Holy yeah. shit! What do you mean, no?" Like it's, it's like, a very what? pivotal moment when he's like in the Hulk Buster right. and getting like torn up. Because my dude gets straight embarrassed by Thanos literally in the first five minutes, and that wasn't even the most shocking moment from the opening of the film. No, it sets it sets the bar really high. I forgot the Hulk showed up in the, in the opening of the film. <laughs> yeah. It was just like I was so like, "Hey, man, you." Like, you remember when they fucking broke Loki's neck? <laughs> right. I was just bothering Daniel, like, every four minutes in the film. I was like, hey, man, do you remember that one scene when uh, when Loki got his neck snapped? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, dude, I know. He gets yeah, stuck on you, stuff dude. when he's on edibles. I don't I know. I just, yeah, it was uh, it was a tough moment with the process, just like that edible. It's, it's wild. Um, um, I want to talk about a really good ensemble cast moment. Uh, give it to me. Give it to me. When they get Thanos on to Titan, 
because they know he's going to go there at some point. They know he's going to go there for the the time stone. You got Strange, you got Parker, you got uh, Stark. You got all the Guardians. They all come together. They have this really cool interplay together where they like chance upon each other and like they think they're each other's enemies at first and they get in this kind of like slapsticky fight with each other and it's yeah. like it's really comic booky and fun but then they're like wait wait no you're also here to fight thanos and they come up with this crazy cool plan to stop him and it almost looks like it's gonna work like you think that they're gonna stop him and it does they do initiate plan rip the fucking gauntlet from his his hand in one of the and, like uh, the tensest moments in the movie, it goes pretty south. And I yeah. did want to talk about okay, so this this one moment I want to talk about it because it's important to the future of, or at least it's a hint at what Avengers Four could, could touch upon. Yeah. So Doctor Strange has this weird fucking moment while he still has the Time Stone in his possession, yeah. where his he's doing that fucking Silent Hill head flipping thing. Yeah, he's thing. fucking IMO going out, and they're like, "Hey, dude, what's 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 the haps over there?" He's like, Mr. "I'm just meditating, Mister Strange," and he's just like, "Okay, I, I just went through." Uh, every possibility of like how this fight will shake out in yeah. like different circumstances. Well, it's like billions, that. right? He, fourteen million. Oh, 14 or million. some shit. Jesus. He was like fourteen million, and like one of only... So uh, of those possibilities, how many of them do we win? And he goes one, and then it it cuts to a next shot, yeah. and that conversation is not picked up. No. It's not, and that is a very purposeful decision because they plant the seed. Right, they plan to see to what happens in what is inevitably the end game. Before we get to the end game, I do want to talk about one thing that didn't work for me very much, and I, it's just because where these characters started, mm-hmm. and that is uh, Wanda and the Vision. That didn't work for you. Did not work for me. Okay, like their relationship. Like I understand. Like I get it. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. And it, like it is interesting. Like you're both of powered, super super powered kind of. Like, of the Avengers, you both have legitimate powers. You're yeah. not just super strong and you're not just super smart. You are abnormal. Yeah. <laughs> one of you is not even, like, human. That's true. You're synthetic. One, one of them was an AI bred into actual form right. uh, as a response to Ultron. But that's a that's a dynamic that was much more readily played out in the comics, whereas mm-hmm. in the films, I mean, the, I felt like the way that Vision came to us was really goofy and kind of half-thought-out. You know, in this movie or in Ultron? No, I mean in Ultron. Okay, in Ultron. It was just like, oh, hey, Thor had a weird fucking seance or something, and now he came back and he was like, let's put this Power Stone in this stupid fucking robot. Let's make it happen. And then it's it like, here's happen. a character that you're supposed to care about, yeah. and it was just kind of like, everyone was like, well, why do we care about him? It was like, well, it's Jarvis. And you're like, yeah. what the fuck does but that it, it didn't mean? feel like Jarvis to me by that. And like, yeah. I, I, I think about it from time to time, like, no, it's... Like, nobody vision. would... Oh, 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 but my oh, thing oh. with this is, uh, yeah. they have a unique connection because of the, what is it, the... um. The Mind Stone? There's a Mind Stone the mind stuck stone. in that dude's face. The the two twins, uh, yeah. Scarlet Witch and uh, Flashpoint, whatever his name is. Flashpoint? <laughs> yes. The, the, what, what's his name? Um, Aaron Johnson in Ultron. He's Aaron. Fl- oh, Flash. Quicksilver, Quicksilver, dude. there you go. Flashpoint. <laughs> so they... They're, you know, fucking Tower of Babel. <laughs> they're, they're experimented yeah. on um, in Sokovia with this stone, and Jarvis is combined with that stone to become Vision. So they're bound by that. That's where their kind of relationship bound comes from. Bound by Stone Law. <laughs> bound by Moan. Stone Law better than Man Law. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Banner. Calm down. <coughs> so I, I think it worked for me in that regard. No, wait! And I like the way they enter them together in uh, in Scotland. Gotcha. I, th- I thought that was a really cool scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was like a nice scene, and then it turned into this real, like, 
panic-driven scene when the the children of Thanos actually hunt them down. Because, mm-hmm. like, they're just trying to chill. And that, I like that this film picks up after the events of Civil War. And yeah. it's like, well, everyone's kind of fucking disbanded and doing their own shit. They talk about the effects of the Sokovia Accords. Who knows that. what the fuck Cap has been doing? Probably punching people in the dark. <laughs> but he shows up in this scene. He shows he up catches in this the fucking, scene. He catches the glaive, right. throws it back, and is like, holy shit, that's Cap. He looks great. He's fucking here to fucking stomp ass. Yeah. I love it. That I, scene worked for me. <laughs> I mean, thinking back, like, yeah, in Civil War, Wanda and Vision, like, they got some more shit. They're living together. They got she, some more shit yeah, going on Yeah, she has to there. stop him because she's there was, like... There was a courtship going on yeah. there, and then it was just like, oh, Wanda had to put him through the ground because apparently we should listen to Jeremy Renner. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. Let me make fine. you some Vienna sausages. No. <laughs> Fucking man with arrows shows up and says, don't listen to the god. <laughs> don't listen to the synthetic god man who floats. <laughs> I've got a plan and I'm swarming. Like fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. That's why you're not in this movie. That's Hawk not guy. why he's not in this movie. Anyway, I got a I got a fucking Paul Bettany uh okay. fact for yeah, you. Yeah. Bet me over with the Bettany facts. Hey, I'm, I'm betting you over. Uh the first appearance of actor Paul Bettany's actual face in the MCU. Yeah, it's a lot of face uh, in well, his hairline. While Bettany voiced Jarvis and later physically portrayed Vision, the actor's face was either not shown or obscured by makeup. So this is like you get his real face, and the motherfucker gets impaled, and then you're like, "Oh, there's a vision." <laughs> <laughs> there, there he is. By the way, spoiler. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a cool moment where he gets stabbed by the fucking I don't even know space. That weapon. whole scene's actually really fucking rad because yeah. you really do think like, dude. Well, you started this fight with him getting impaled. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna go up from here. Yeah. And then it ends with like fucking Cap and Black Widow showing up. And like the up. B team of Avengers, and all fucking, the ones who got yeah. kind of detained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sam Wilson. That's who, great. What's his Falcon? Falcon. Yeah. He calls himself Falcon. Falcon's there. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Iron Machine's there. No, he's not there. No, he's not there. War Machine. War Machine. Yeah, there you go. But he he intros them back to the fold. <laughs> man machine <laughs> steel boy we've made a combination of the two of you <laughs> Sh- stronger than both individually I, I gotta say something right now i've never been more gay no nope. for <laughs> a male than i have been chris evans in this movie really he looks so good he's so handsome it's with a good that fucking beard. beard got in the hair dude like i've seen him do a lot in some of my favorite captain america movies he stopped a helicopter some of my favorite cat. There's three of them. Did you? What are some of your favorite <laughs> Captain America movies? Well, two. Of Go them. ahead and start. We'll give you a top five. <laughs> <laughs> two of them are in my top five. Oh no shit! Yeah, uh, I feel like that's double dipping. I feel like Civil War mm-hmm. invalidates. Uh, <laughs> Winter Soldier validates is a hard word. I'm sorry. Mm. I feel like Civil War is just like, well, sorry, kids, you got to do one or the other. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Anything that came before is like moot. Like you know, and Civil War gives you pretty much everything that fucking Winter Soldier was trying to build up to. Except, hey, here's actual superheroes. In this That's one. true. Fuck. <laughs> not not people with technology and vendettas. Right. Yes. I really like about this movie. That it was a Thanos movie. It was a Thanos. He like could, he, he could be seen as the protagonist of this movie. Almost right. <laughs> like he drives the plot. You learn to care for him. He gets a lot of motivation and screen time. And you're like, damn, I kind of agree. I almost want to see you succeed. That's the worst part. And I feel like they. I feel like Marvel kind of prepared us for that with yeah. Killmonger and Black Panther, mm-hmm. where it's like you can very. That's a very well realized. You villain. can very much relate to where the villain is coming from. Where yeah. You're just like, well. 
yeah, he raises a good point. I may not agree with how he got to his point. But I agree with it. But it's a good point. I think all of the Phase 3 villains, save for Hela from Ragnarok, like, I really agree with their motivations. Hmm. Like, goddamn, the dude from Civil War who's like, I wanted to span the Avengers because he killed my family. Right. Like... Wait, is Doctor Strange Phase 3? Do you agree with these magic beheadings? <laughs> yeah, that seems crazy. Dormammu. 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 I've come to bargain. <laughs> <laughs> so what else worked for you with this movie? What else did you really like about it? Okay, so... Um, well, I need, to work, I need to get into the next what did not work before I can continue. Oh, there's another thing that didn't work The other you? thing that didn't work okay. is like it's... So they didn't know how successful Black Panther was going to be before uh, this was like literally in post-production. Okay. You know, because you got to look at the release schedule and it's like, no, man. It this, was planned. These were probably being written at the same time and nobody had any idea like yeah. what would happen with Black Panther, essentially. The Russos only have the interconjunction of their own scripts and maybe... Right. Yeah. So there's characters in this film that are, despite the fact that everyone gets their fucking great moment... They're still underutilized. Like, Black Panther is totally underutilized in this film. Like, he shows up a little bit, and then, like, all the callbacks feel very telephoned yeah. to Black Panther. Where it's like, oh, here's that here's that song, that familiar song from the, the movie, and then it's like, oh, well, yeah. we did the Wakanda forever. But then it's like, well, what is Black Panther's participation or opinion about these events? We don't know. Nothing. We don't know. We just know that he trusts the opinion of his friend Steve Rogers. Correct. And that he's been housing his friend Bucky Rogers and giving him a new arm. We learn that after this film about black empowerment, mm-hmm. that this king of a country will relent to the opinion of a random white fugitive. So this is where I think... <laughs> like, I, I, Take a moment to appreciate yeah. that. Where it's just <laughs> like... Ugh. Like, I would rather him be like, so why the fuck is this important, Steve? I wanted at least that scene. Yeah. You know? Because he's a king. Like, you don't just go like, you know, oh, Steve Rogers fucking showed up. Yeah. Well, well you have my whole army, yeah. Steve. Yeah. I, I love you, Steve. You know. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You have what? all of Wakanda's resources. What? No, dude. <laughs> I, I think maybe Black Panther himself and Shuri were maybe a little underutilized. Yeah. I I will maybe disagree a little bit that there is there's some congruity with the Russo brothers and Black Panther because they wrote him in the Civil War. That's where they intro him. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of the Bucky interplay at the end of uh, Black Panther, and then there's continuation here. Like, the entire third act takes place in Wakanda. So they had to have known somewhat what was going to happen. Maybe not so much the success of the movie financially, but they knew it was going to be a big part of the story. To have, like, the entire third act basically take place there. Sure, but they they only saw it from, like, a very purely, like, narrative perspective. And they yeah. were just like, well, we don't have enough time to the, the drive character on this. But it's like, I feel like uh, from a business decision after seeing the success of Black Panther, it was just, the first thing I would do is, like, call somebody and be like, add some more fucking scenes for the Black Panther. We need a lot more of it. And we don't get it. We don't really get it. Yeah, we don't. It doesn't happen. Uh, and actually, to be fair, Captain America doesn't really get too much face time like it's he he's, he's a, there he's a ball of intent and it's like you recognize him as like well that's steve rogers and he's acting like steve yeah. rogers but it's like but this is not a russo brothers captain america movie so the spotlight right. isn't on him like he his, gets like one-liners and that's really it his personal stake isn't really developed there where no. it's like we just well his personal stake is humanity we defer to tony stark's 
judgment. like kind of yeah. judgment uh, and and knowledge of Thanos and basically how he interacts. In fact, that 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 is more of a more kind of like personal vendetta between those two because you think so driving from civil war for iron man it's just like mm-hmm. he even says where it's like i've been fucking plagued by, by thanos, thanos for since six the event of years so the avengers uh, right, right. the shatari army since the attack on new york is uh, what they refer to it as. yeah because he basically yep. he reverses a nuke back into the atmosphere through outer space and almost dies he got himself some ptsd from that he gets bullshit fucked up from it yeah that's such a crazy moment that he right. talks about in almost every movie he's in since. Seriously. So, so. But Steve Rogers, like, he doesn't have the impact of what Thanos is about. No, he just kind of shoved that where he's like, it sounds like I'm needed. Yeah. Hey, did cool. you uh, did you use a flip phone like that? <laughs> use my burner phone? Oh uh, yeah, sure, burner. Steve. I used it. I I can't turn green, yeah, so Steve. I guess I'll use the phone. I mean, I pinged you on Facebook. <laughs> I use the WhatsApp. <laughs> uh, use WhatsApp for that shit. Um. I'll tell you what worked for Wakanda for me. Yeah. Um, the shots are great. That final fight was amazing. It was but a great fight. The way there's this particular shot where the uh, children of Thanos and what I guess is the Chitauri army again, they descend upon Wakanda. And these Wakandans have never seen anything like this before. And you see what is like really just true terror on their faces. Like uh, Akoi, like the, the yeah. commander, like she looks terrified. Because they don't know what they're up against. And I was like, holy shit. I'm as scared as they are right now. Because I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> That's a good fucking scene, though. It's a great scene. It was like, a long it's, one, because we kept... so the way, nuanced. The way that they weaved, like, literally... Because like, when we get to the third act, they're concluding each of the subplots yeah. that they've developed. Which actually are... Well, they're all their own main kind of stories yeah. that intersect at a certain point. And the Wakanda scenes last for a while, even though we don't get like that Black Panther impact. No, because it, it starts maybe like two thirds of the way through, but yeah. they have other scenes interspersed, like the 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 fight on Titan. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The fight on Titan's so fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, I, okay, I, I got to take a moment to just say like so well choreographed. When I was thinking about this film too, like just like the scope of this film, it's not that that this film is just epic. Like it is an epic. Yeah. It is an epic tale. Like, I, no other Marvel movie, I feel like, touches the reach of this film. I don't think many movies do that, period, across any franchises. Like, when we go to space, when we go to Earth, when we go to Wakanda, when we go out of these places, and they all, like, even though we are briefly visiting these areas, we still feel them for some reason. They feel very well realized. They really, really do, and I'm just like, fuck, and the way that the, 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 like, most of the shots are handheld, like we talked about, like, just kind of make you feel there. So it was. That's why I'm saying it was almost eerie that choice for any scenes involving the Guardians because it was just like, well, we're used to them being fun and slapsticky, but like literally yeah. the worst things in the film are happening to these characters. You get this divergence where the worst shit happens to Peter and his crew, <clears throat> but then you get the split off with Raccoon, Groot, and Thor when they go to Nadalvir to basically reforge his axe. That's true. You get you that's get true. the more comical moments with them. Sure, there's a bit of peril. And it's, it gets a little sad here and there with fucking Etri, Peter Dinklage in the picture. Uh, okay, I will say for any other... Yeah, that's... <laughs> gigantic dink. <laughs> Look at that big old but dink. I, I will say, like, for any other film, especially fucking any DC film, it would feel... Actually, Justice League is a good example. It's pushed to be, like, comical, mm-hmm. but having this, like, serious tone and serious plot just felt uneven. It felt weird. You know, it, it hits you wrong. Justice League was comical? 
Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I like missed Batman that. was fucking making one-liners and shit, yeah, dude. Yeah, no, it wasn't landing. Yeah, maybe Flash. Flash probably had the best. They were trying to be funny in that movie, especially yeah. like with lines from Aquaman, where it was like, huh, "I dig it" and stuff like right. that. It's like they're trying to be like fun, and it was like, "Well, you're all standing in front of gray blue screen." Yeah, it's it looks fucking, very bad. Fucking goofy. This film, the co- the comedy was like it's so on point and so true to character that it was just like. It was disarming. It, it was like the few moments of respite from like the rest of a very mm. heavy fucking tone film. Yeah. And although at some points it was just like, man, I can't believe you're cracking a joke. Somebody was fucking like eviscerated a second ago. Yeah. You know? but, <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like, well, that's what they would do. This is how people cope. But there was something so... There was this dark undercurrent to this film. For it's a sure. dark movie. It has a bite. Yeah. I would say of any Marvel film, this is the only one that I can genuinely say has a, a bite that I would only attribute to experiences like a Game of Thrones finale yeah. or a fucking horror movie. I think it's just because of the risk they allowed themselves to take. Right. Like they they really did what they wanted. And I'm not saying it's groundbreaking in the least. Like, no. you know, I know we're fucking, we're sucking Marvel's dick hard I'm right now. I'm honestly going to say it's not even all well written for me. Like some, no, not Some even. of it's like kind of like... I've seen better writing from the Russos, even though they didn't write this one. They didn't write this one. But I've seen really strong jokes in, in story and character development. The thing is, with this one, there's there's no room for character development. The characters have to be there. So it's just plot development. They have been developed, and this yeah. is the literally the consummation so of where these characters' paths are going. It happens in a different way. <clears throat> right. So... Well, we're getting into the end game, Daniel. We got to say, well, let's talk about the fucking finale because I do want to move on from that and talk about kind of the future of Avengers. The grand finale when <coughs> it's it's mid mid Wakanda fight. Fun fact: Yabambe is Hosa for Hold Strong. Okay, Yabambe, Yabambe, sweet. I don't know. I'm we all learned right. a little Wakandan today. We did. Well, Wakandan's not like a language that no. exists. In this universe, it is. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh, we get all that cool shit, and we get the intro of Thor with the renewed Stormbreaker, and he's like, all right, cool, let's turn the tides. Things are looking I got another bleak. fun fact for you, Daniel. You, God damn it. <laughs> You're the worst of these fun facts. <laughs> Thor constructs a new hammer during the events of this film called mm-hmm. Stormbreaker. It's a good name. In the comics, much. in the comics, Stormbreaker is the name of the hammer given to Beta Ray Bill, Thor's comrade in arms, and one of the only beings worthy of wielding Molinir. Oh, he almost nailed it. Oh, nice. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. You've been Mjolnir. playing God of War. You should know. They don't say it too often. They in God say of War. it. They say it enough. Okay. Yeah. Hey, do you have the Infinity Gauntlet in God of War? Not yet. I, I have, sure I have like do. three of the stones. Actually, no, I do. It's the talisman, right? Oh yeah, it's the talisman. <coughs> I'm using it. I'm one. I'm one stone away. I found it. <clears throat> what it's in uh niflheim yeah wait wait wait. which which t- we're this is besides what, the point yeah. we gotta get to this later okay we'll come back to it we're gonna cinch it wakanda forever wakanda forever sir so so beta ray bill that's cool mm-hmm. uh i get i had to look into him a little bit after this because i was like i was curious about him and he's he's an interesting character that's all i'm gonna say He's got a horse face. <laughs> he has a fucking horse face. <laughs> yeah, I kind of hate it. Okay, tell me about this endgame. Uh, Thor comes in with fucking Groot and Rocket, and he levels the playing field. Destroying everybody, coming in looking badass. The coolest incarnation of Thor I've ever seen. Coolest intro that I've ever seen a character do. Uh, 
great and uh it's it's really the divergence of all the plots coming together there because vision is there getting worked on by shuri trying to get a stone out thanos mm-hmm. is pulled to the planet because of that he knows okay this is the last one i have to come for it i just got the time stone let's because go because dr strange gave him the time stone. he gave he, it to him he capitulated oh we forgot about that we that f- climactic... no, i didn't forget about it i kept saying the word end game to kind of poke and okay. prod you but my Thanos-like manipulation fell flat on my face. Child. The universe has judged me. Oh, shit. <laughs> You've been spared. So, Doctor Strange, we we don't pick up the conversation where he was like, I just checked 14 yeah. million possibilities. One of them works. We don't pick up any kind of game plan from there. Yeah. But he gives the time stone to, to Thanos. Thanos to stop him from fucking manhandling Iron Man, which he actually impales Iron Man. It's it's one of the cooler choreographed scenes in this movie where they're they're fighting pit for pat. Right. And like Thanos throws like a core of a planet down on him. He fucking comes back from it. But he takes his omni blade and literally stabs him in the side with it and you're like holy shit sounds like you're describing anime like this whole scene like he took the core of a planet and threw it at him it's literally what happened i'm like i have to tell you like the way they did it was very good yeah it is it was not unbelievable at all so you you think he's actually in peril in the way the the trailers and everything lead you believe you're like this could be the moment tony dies i will point out that this is the moment that the audience also shut the fuck up not since much, but much more like a very hush, shocked silence, more than Loki's death, because it yeah. was like, "Yo, dude, they killed Iron Man." Yeah. Is how it looks. It looked like it. People gasped. I think I gasped. That was one of those moments where I was audibly like, "What?" <laughs> it was rough stuff. Yeah, I will admit. But Doctor Strange is like a sort of bartering tactic. Is like, okay, I've seen the one outcome. I'll give you the stone. Tony can't die here. He's crucial. We need him. We need well, him. Oh, well, Doctor Strange doesn't mention anything he's, about what he knows. He's about running it in his head. There's no outcome. Yeah. There's no nothing. But it's like, well, he knows. But apparently sharing it with the rest of the class right. is going to fuck up whatever reality that yeah. he's trying to work towards. But he is one stone closer. Motherfucker goes back to Earth, to Wakanda, Wakanda. to fuck up... Uh, All of them. Vision. Yeah. Yo, this is where he starts to uh, start to knock aside blockbusters, is what I like to call it. <laughs> the, the block aside? Right. He starts to fucking uh, bust some blockbusters <laughs> straight in the face. He was like, oh, were you a sidekick in a major blockbuster? <laughs> <laughs> fucking you just got handled. Yeah. Oh, here's gravel. It's all around you. You're threw, fucked. Threw the gauntlet down, and there's a bunch of people underneath that gauntlet when that occurred. But I want to talk about a walk up to the scene, too. There's a moment, uh, it might happen at the start, or maybe at the end of him knocking back all these characters, but he comes a calm. Captain America, Steve Rogers, my boy. Such a good dude, boy. best boy. He, best comes boy down on the, he comes down with him on the gauntlet, and in the trailers, we yeah. see two stones set into that gauntlet. Yo, misdirect. The biggest misdirect, because when he comes up on him, he has all but the Mind Stone. And it's like, holy shit. Dog, I would have made the same decision. Like, they kept all the reveals so close to their chest, and it was so smart, because they they played with our expectations. I thought, okay, this could be a moment where fucking Steve Rogers dies. Nope. He tosses them aside. And, like, literally, if I was the one putting together the Avengers trailers with the knowledge that I have to misdirect the audience, literally every trailer would end with, like, kind of a new variation of Steve Rogers, like, falling into the mouth (laughs) of a shark. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, and we think that's how he goes out. You're like, holy shit. Like, he's, he's just, like, slow motion falling, and you literally see him, like, whoop, right into the shark. Like, no biting, no nothing. Sharky? Yeah, every single time. And then when you watch the movie, you like, when that scene happens, oh, here comes fucking Bucky. He, like, fucking launches that shark into the stratosphere. He holds Steve. He starts making out with Steve. <laughs> it's the end of the winter soldier arc. right it's romantic it's hot my movie would have been different <laughs> but i like the it would one have been shot got. with a different lens still handheld right still handheld. much maybe, closer maybe a little more pornographic <laughs> pornographic there's nothing pornographic about love <laughs> daniel could be that sloppy man love <laughs> um <laughs> anyway we were getting to a point i d- there's another important part mm-hmm well, just like that whole Peter Quill, Gamora, please kill me bullshit. Yeah. That happens to our other lovers, Wakanda. Not Wakanda. Wakanda. <laughs> our, the personification of Wanda. Wakanda. Brilliant. Yeah. Wanda uh-huh. and motherfucking Vision. Vision Quest, yeah. Where he's like, hey, uh, this whole taking the stone out thing, yeah. not working. You need to blow this shit up. You're the only one powerful enough to do right. it because you're born from it. And to be fair, in the do comics, when, when she is able to be referred to as a mutant mm-hmm. thank you fox right uh <laughs> she is actually considered a omega level like uh, there's an entire there's an entire arc called house of m where she changed the entire fucking world she's a powerful character she is very powerful yeah. so blowing up a fucking mind stone yeah no yeah fucking small fries yeah okay and she does she succeeds she kills her lover eviscerates it's really passionate and really like it gets you like holy shit it's like raw scene it was raw and it's like oh shit and then fucking thanos comes up he doesn't even look mad yeah He's just like, ah, oh, we all made a lot of sacrifices today. Bah, 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 bah. Bah, bah, and he's like, he's like, he offers his hand to fucking the better Olsen and is like, you can come with me, be a child of Thanos. And she's like, no. And he's like, all right. Yoink. <laughs> Reverses the whole scenario, fucking pushes the mind zone back into Vision's head and literally takes it out himself and crushes it. Yep. It's wild. Yep. That's- Pulls it out of his fucking dome dude you see you see his fucking eyeballs go like all the circuitry in him doles he dies drops that motherfucker he he goes a different shade of dead (laughs) 50 shades of dead okay and then that was like okay cool but lo and behold motherfucking thor is here to save the the day fucking throws stormbreaker which is half axe half armor straight into thanos's goddamn stupid purple chest fucking finally takes out barney digs it in real hard he's like i told you i right kill you. he's like i told you you killed my brother i got i'm getting my vengeance here yeah he thinks he's got he's got it too he's got it and then thanos tells him boy <laughs> boy boy you should have gone, gone for, the, for head. the head and he fucking snaps his fingers and wipes out half of the universe successfully what a wild moment that is how the the 19th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe ends on a fucking I don't even know if it's a cliffhanger because it's like no there's a resolution to this story yeah. Thanos fucking wins yeah and we have characters such as uh, the Winter Soldier Black Panther Falcon Falcon turn into goddamn dust more Wanda Groot Dusted Peter Groot. Quill Dusted Hey you want to know a fun fact about Groot's last words to, don't, oh, to don't Rocket do this. Raccoon. Don't do this right now. James, it's late. James Gunn confirmed on Twitter because, mind you, in the scripts, it doesn't just say, I am Groot. They actually have a translation of what he's saying for the benefit of Vin Diesel so he can 
properly act out the emotion of Groot through those three words. Yes, yeah, I am Groot. You know what he said as Groot was fading into nothingness, confused and shocked by his own sudden death? Tell me. He said, I am Groot. <laughs> Translates to dad. He said dad to, to Rocket, Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. He thinks of them as family. That's his dad. Because it's because it's also confirmed, not the same Groot that died. At the end of the Guardians 1. Uh-huh. Uh, different. Right. That branch is a different entity. With yeah, a different true. consciousness. That's interesting. Hey, oh, that was confirmed by James Gunn, too. He has a lot of things that he has to confirm on Twitter. He's very, He's very active like, on social involved. media. People ask him a lot, and they, they can get away yeah. with it, too, because it's like, oh, fine, here's something. I will. You. Hey, I'm going to quick shout out. I've been a gun fan. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been fucking Gunned. carrying gun. Since PG okay? porn? No, not since PG porn. Since Slither, man. Oh, okay. Slither was fucking. Slither's cool. A go rate. Okay, had Michael Rooker in that. Mm-hmm. Brought over a bunch of those motherfuckers into Guardians, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Yondu. Yeah. I wanted more Sean Gunn, by the way. He wasn't in his it. His brother. No, I he did... wasn't in it. He oh, wasn't. yeah. He was in the credits. You know what? Because he did all the mocap work for Rocket Raccoon. That's what it was, yeah. Yes, that, he did. That's how he got into it. Yes, he did. That's neat. I like him a lot in those movies. So we obviously end on a very dour note. Hold on. I want to say, we get some weird CG vaporizing effects with some of these characters, but we also get some of the most heart-wrenching ones. Let's talk about the Peter Parker one. Okay, well, well first, 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 all of the Guardians, save for Rocket Raccoon back yeah. on Earth and Nebula, still on planet Titan, yeah. are v- turned into dust. They get dusted, too. Mm. Like, the main characters of the Guardians of the Galaxy are fucking dusted, my dude. Okay? So, we have a moment where Peter, this is the third instance of him using his spider sense, where he, he keeps on saying... I don't feel good. Yeah. Because none of the other characters mentioned, like, they just seem confused about what's happening, but he has a very visceral reaction. He feels it all over. That's his spider sense going fucking off because he knows he's in danger. Yeah. And he (sighs) says to Mr. Stark, his mentor, the person he looks up to, he says... Who made him an Avenger. Who made him an Avenger. He says, I don't want to go. It's so well delivered. Like, I think I damn near cried. It was a hard moment. And then he disappears in Stark's arms, and... Yep. And Stark's just like, it's that iconic scene that you've seen from trailers, and him just holding nothing and just looking shocked. And it's like, he just lost something. He doesn't understand. He's on Titan. He doesn't know what happened in Wakanda at all. But it's like the ramifications. He knows what's, what is occurring. Yeah. And you gotta imagine, that, that that's, that's what's going on across the universe. For people that aren't involved in this cosmic fight with the fucking Barney and his, yeah. his iron glove... <laughs> people that they love are just disappearing and they don't know why it's just happening they handle it in a really crazy like post-apocalyptic way in the uh post credits yep. where like a helicopter spirals out into a fucking building an ambulance goes like straight dead into another car it's like damn that's exactly what would happen <laughs> and so i will say despite the fact that i think <sighs> of course marvel is going to rectify or change or do something with this ending. Like I, I don't think that, especially the deaths that are incurred by the finger snap, are permanent in some regard. Because you got to look at the facts. There is going to be a sequel to Homecoming that's scheduled for yeah. 2019. And Guardians three. They just announced a sequel to Black Panther two. Mm-hmm. Now there's there, a few. There's some workarounds with these. So there's yeah. some possibilities. I, 
I think the route that's safe is for them to be like, oh, well, you know, one of the characters gets a hold of the gauntlet in Avengers 4, and there you go, reverses it or whatever. Because that essentially is what happens in the comics with the character Adam Warlock. Yeah, you know, who's he, introed at the end of Guardians 2, but he's, I guess, not going to be in until Guardians 3, I right? I have a fun fact about him uh, <laughs> right here. Lay it on me. Despite being an intrinsic player in the Infinity War comic arc, Adam Warlock is not present in this film nor will he appear in its untitled sequel. Mm-hmm. It has been confirmed that Warlock will make his MCU debut, I said it French-like, mm-hmm. in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Cool. Now, I've got theories for you about what's going on. I think With Warlock? No, not Warlock. Oh, just with but the, okay. So the safe theory is that they're going to find some way to undo these deaths, and maybe, perhaps... The deaths that Thanos that were incurred by Thanos's actual hands, including Gamora, Loki, and, you know, the, and Loki, the planets that he fucked up, yeah, are that's real, yeah, are permanent in some degree, and that would be a very interesting thing for Marvel to own. Mm-hmm. Here's the other theory, and I think this is something that both you and me have thought about: is that Marvel might actually own these deaths, these changes. Because they have set up so many other avenues. So, for instance, this is not a desirable outcome. But it is but an outcome. Take, for instance, in Black Panther. Uh, they keep on referring to... Hey, I got a fun fact for White you. White Wolf. Uh, let me get to the fact. You don't no, just you get to... You don't, you don't to get to cut your down facts. these facts. You don't need to reference your facts every minute. My we d- just get to it, man. <laughs> with the facts. Who with the facts. <laughs> what are they called? Kirby? Kirby tidbits? They're called True Believer believe. Trivia. <laughs> okay. Shut up. Let me do what I'm doing, Mom. All right. Okay. Both in this film and the post credit scene from Black Panther, Bucky Barnes is referred to as White Wolf. Mm-hmm. In the comics, White Wolf was a moniker used by Hunter, T'Challa's adopted brother who led Wakanda's secret police, the Hatut Zadazi. Which I'm saying like completely wrong, probably. That's neat. So... What if Black Panther 2 focuses on the supporting characters that were established? Because we did see uh, what Mbaku survived mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, his Shuri. sister, Shuri, survived. Yeah. And so did the commander. Uh, the commander. Uh, yeah. Um, my thing is, Bucky does not survive. He's one of the first characters you see go. Correct. So that, that White Wolf precedence it can't happen. The only thing I could see maybe happening in this sort of. If they own it in this sort of B timeline, is maybe Shuri becomes the Black Panther because she does at some point. That's as, the only thing. As I, I was saying see. this, I totally forgot that. Yes, actually, they dusted Winter Soldier first. Yeah. But <laughs> a prevailing theory is that somebody else would take on the Black Panther uh, yeah. moniker, essentially, and it would be probably yeah. her. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. You know, or someone. I thought it would have been cool if we kept Killmonger alive, and then it was like, well. Let's see him try to be a righteous. They honestly, I'm gonna. The only gripe I had with Black Panther, I love that movie. They could have ruled together, man. As family, they literally they they could have combined their their belief systems and 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 done better for Wakanda. They could have, they could have, they could have. But whatever, he had to see that fucking sunset that his dad told him about. (laughs) Now another another avenue as well. Like let's take for instance the Guardians. Remember at the end of Guardians Volume Two. They showed a bunch of fucking characters led by uh, Sylvester Stallone Stallone, together. A lot of those characters were a part of the original Guardians of the Galaxy comic book uh, crew. True. Star-Lord and Gamora and the rest of them are actually like a newer iteration of the team. Mm -hmm. So that could be how they launch Volume 3 where it's like, well, these are the new Guardians of the Galaxy because the normal ones died. It's interesting. I don't think they're going to own it like that. 
and it would i would be impressed with them and i would be totally along for that ride but i know it would piss people the fuck off yeah they have to meet somewhere in the middle i think there there definitely is going to be permanent shake-ups to the marvel characters and and the universe as a whole definitely but what i'm hearing about avengers 4 is just like it's it's a different beast here's some weird stuff i i i got one for you right here okay well, first of all, here's just some basic fact. The film is currently in production with filming still ongoing. There's no firm word on when a trailer may release, as the Russos have stated that editing has not begun. Okay? As something that's supposed to come out in May of 2019? 2019, correct. They okay. say they're, they're still filming, they're still in production of it. Okay? okay? Cool. The other thing. So, the screenwriters have stated that the deaths in Infinity War are real. Christopher Marcus said to BuzzFeed, I just want to tell you it's real. And the sooner you accept that, the sooner you will be able to move on to the next stage of grief. And then I want to cap off on here's another statement from the other screenwriter. Stephen McFeely, speaking the premiere, said that Avengers 4 will be a much different film than what fans may be expecting. In his words, 4 resolves the intrigue of Infinity War. The movies are clearly linked, but they almost seem to belong to two different genres. We did not want to cut a film in half and say pay now and come back in a year to see the rest Mm. these are two very different stories on a tonal and structural level okay so that feels to me like maybe they're gonna own some of these choices and we may not even see kind of like that resolution or that flip to like okay the universe is back to normal until subsequent films to be honest with you uh yeah i mean i don't think uh so the idea is they're going to call in Captain there was Marvel. An idea. The idea that they're going to bring Captain Marvel in. <laughs> and somehow yeah. people uh, speculate okay, she might be the one to wield the Infinity Gauntlet and sure. reverse some of the damage done. I think it would be a very weak choice for them to do a retread of the events of Infinity War and be like, okay, she reversed it. We're going back through some of the stuff. We're going to change it. I don't think they're going to do something like that. They're going to flip it in a way that's really unique and we're not going to see it coming. But I do think if they do own those snap of the finger half the world deaths it's going to be in an alternate timeline and i told you about this earlier where i feel like comics get away with that where you can splinter universes in ways like that and maybe this will be the first instance of like a cinematic universe having two different dimensions running alongside where it's like you have your a avengers but then maybe in this other one where these other people went or wherever happened to them sure sure for the longest time i mean uh the the proper marvel universe in the comics is the 616 universe and they would have the ultimate universe running parallel with it yeah and then i remember they did that cross battle world cross those universes together essentially which is interesting Um, so i have a thought that maybe they could pull something off like that maybe it's not what's actually going to happen it would be cool if they did well, you got to wonder about their small choices because some of these small choices actually pay off. Like you feel like as you go through the movies, they feel like fan nods sometimes, yeah. but maybe they're not, you know, mm. especially the way that they built up to Infinity War. And like, like you were saying earlier, that conversation where uh, Nebula was literally kind of talking about Thanos' plan in Guardians 2. Yeah. And we still had two other films to get through before we finally got to Infinity yeah. War where that paid off. Well, think about, like, let's say in Spider-Man Homecoming, how they had Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is America. Fucking Titus fucking so jam good. of 2018 so far. His SNL bit and intro of that track is just Fuck out it. of this world. Fuck it. So they have Donald Glover in Homecoming playing Aaron Davis. Aaron Davis, who is known as the Prowler in the Ultimate Comics, who is Miles Morales' uncle mm-hmm. and fucking nemesis. 
these little asides and these tiny little things, what if they're planting? What if they really are committing to these choices and they're going, well, Homecoming 2 is actually about Miles Morales because mm-hmm. Spider-Man's dead. You know? Like, there, there really is avenues for them to be like, well, we are making sequels, but we have to commit to the choices that Infinity War and its yeah. sequel set forth in this universe. Because to completely reverse it would almost be a cop-out. Exactly. To give none of that conviction, it would almost like tear it away. It's like, I believed in what Thanos was doing. I actually almost kind of rooted for him in that moment when he's like winding down. He's like, I did it. And I'm like, okay, he accomplished his goal. Shit. I, I, I think to, to take it away to that degree, yeah, it would really lessen the impact of the end of that movie. But for sure, some of those characters, they could probably do it with. And, it, and it's some expected. Some of them they can't. But the thing is, Infinity War almost feels manufactured to do the unexpected. Yeah. To the point where it does feel like, all right, you're manipulating us. But at the same time, it's like, well, it's effective because, uh, you know, I fucking 19 movies. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so I, I want to have faith in them. Yeah. And I want to, like, they have the reins. They can do whatever the fuck they want and i'm along for the ride they can the russos in. they've been delivering bro since winter soldier they kill right. it <laughs> well it's not just the russos there's so the many whole people team. behind the scenes that yeah are the whole making this the whole crew all of it like happen. it all comes together but if there's but any, their arc i mean if there are anyone uh any duo that's more equipped to handle whatever this next chapter is because i really do feel like avengers 4 is going to be ushering in the new the era next 10 yeah. years of what marvel films are going to be because let's think about the ones who survived it was the a team of avengers like stark yeah scarlet widow right. uh what's her name black widow black widow black widow. Scarlet widow yeah black widow banner all those like johansson the, widow <laughs> the primary players in the avengers they all lived bruce banner yeah yeah so no, 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 they lived, and it, it feels like, well, you know, that means they're still vulnerable in the sequel. Yeah. But I'm saying if I any, think that, that pits them, yeah. Having proven them, cut their teeth on Captain America Winter Soldier, gone on to really handle an ensemble movie like Civil War and still have it had an impact, mm-hmm. and then move on to what the fuck this I think, is? I'm going to say, I love Civil War. It's probably my favorite Marvel movie, but this is a better ensemble movie. Right. Like It is. They, it's, they it's are only getting better. The yeah. Russos... I have complete faith in them. Yeah. I have complete faith in whatever they whatever their vision for Avengers 4 is and whatever Marvel thinks that this universe should go. But I, I think we're really going to see some fucking changes. I don't think it's going to be like, okay, we've returned the status quo. Thor's still all-powerful yeah. and Doctor Strange is back alive. and Like, no, no, like no, no, Phase no. 4 is going to be groundbreaking. For... I think they're going to do some shit. Yeah. And if they don't, then it's like, okay, cool. Because what, they're going to... disappointing, but... They're going to round it out with... Um... Ant-Man and the Wasp, Miss Marvel, yeah. and Avengers Untitled, whatever this next movie is going to be. Whoa, and that, that's all of it. You just la- you fucking just went face first. I don't care, man. Into yeah. our last fun fact of the night. The Russos have stated that the closest fans have come to guessing the next film's title is Avengers Forever. I don't like that. Yep. But well, they're not saying that that's correct. They're mm-hmm. saying it's the closest. Okay. I wonder. And they have said uh, that they haven't announced the title yet because it is a spoiler for Infinity War. Probably. And I'm just like, wow. I guess, so in terms of the comic succession, it would go, what, Infinity War and then Infinity Gauntlet? That would be, like, the sensical route to go with it? It was actually Infinity Gauntlet was the first one. Oh, was it the first one? One in the comics, and then Infinity War was, like, a a subsequent. uh, Okay, so it went the other way. 
Um, um, they have actually confirmed that, that it's, it's not, not going to be titled yeah. Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you had the interesting notion that it would be called what Avengers? Avengers Assemble, which would be a cool nod to the idea that the <clears throat> those actors who con- whose contracts are coming to an end, Chris Evans, uh, Robert Downey Jr., all of them, they could have a proper final Avengers send off, and it would be a good nod to be like, okay, Avengers Assemble, because that's their call mm-hmm. sign. It's so, also the name of sense. a cartoon, so I don't know if they are going. They to can quite do it. Cycle that name. Yeah. Um, I like the no, idea. No, they could do it. It just might be tacky <laughs> at that point. Yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of Avengers Endgame because I feel like the stakes are probably still high. Yeah. Even with them uh, reversing what they're going to do because I feel like we're still going to lose somebody big this go. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. just because all that happened doesn't mean people are still safe moving forward. No, I totally agree. So. Uh, I, I feel like we should expect, but I, at the same time, I'm very interested in the notion of why they think this is such a different beast than the first part mm-hmm. uh to the point where they even i mean both of these films were supposed to be called infinity war part one and infinity war part two to make it seem like it was a whole <clears throat> story but they're actively saying we don't want you to think that it is two or, or that it's one movie split yeah. in the two so that's why we've changed it and avengers 4 is its own and in that movie. i can i can look at infinity war and be like this feels very self-contained i would not be surprised to maybe like what they're trying to hint at is that Avengers 4 picks up some time after Infinity War. Maybe. That could very well be a possibility where like we they have dealt with the consequences of Infinity War and, and had to move is, forward from it. It is a it is just what it is of that universe yeah. and then maybe to have the hope of like someone like Captain Marvel come back and be like there's another way. Yeah. We, we can, can do, do this. something about this. But, you know. Well, we'll here's the big thing like that gauntlet is is mangled. By the time he comes back from his inner vision in the Soul Stone with little baby Gamora, little green Gamora, and she's like, did you do it? And he's like, I did. (laughs) And And he comes back and Thor's like, what did you do? And you see it's wrecked. The stones are still intact, but I feel like they're going to have to find a way to maybe forge that gauntlet again and maybe find the stones because you see thanos at the end he's fucking jerking off on his own private beach fucking mm-hmm. sandals resort doing his thing but we don't know where those stones are <laughs> like where is he yeah uh and i'm sure that's something that that is a subject that will be uh brought up in the next two and a half hour opus but probably um i yeah of course i'm like you know anxious for the next movie but i still feel they gave us a lot to chew on, and I'm kind of glad they're doing it the way they're doing it because, like, they want us to really embrace the idea that they're capable of committing to change in this yeah. universe. And I feel like Infinity War is the promise of change and kind of a different movement in Marvel films mm-hmm. as far as, like, what they want to do with characters and the fact sure. that they're not restrained by the creative committee anymore mm-hmm. to kind of, like, yeah, that's a good point that you represent their vision. Yeah. So. But at the same time, it's like, well, fuck, from a business perspective, I would see Disney fucking sweating if you were like, oh, yeah, we killed Spider-Man. We killed Black Panther. Yeah, the kids like, have to get used to that fact. Yeah. Like, it's, it's amazing that Disney was like, we're going to allow you to leave these characters dead for a year. A year. <laughs> like, that. that's some rough stuff. It is a gamble, dude. but... Like, hell, even Pirates of the Caribbean was just like, okay, well, that cliffhanger, like, who, who gives a fuck? Yeah. I'll come back next year for whatever the fuck this one is. Oh, Barbosa's back up. That- <laughs> <laughs> fuck. He's in all of them, I feel like. Like, what the hell? 
<laughs> Fucking Bar. He should be in Avengers. <laughs> Barbosa. Barbosa is the, is the missing component. He, he's the one that put Thanos down. Oh my god, he's hanging out with the collector. He's doing fucking, whatever. Yeah. The collector who is dressed as his stupid ass character from The Last Jedi. He looks really bad. We're just fucking up. We're, we're, we made the Ready Player One of Marvel movies. Like, <laughs> but real better. Quick. Got real bad, real quick. Oh my god. Uh, what, do you, what do you want from this next movie? What do I want from this next movie? Yeah. I want to be surprised, but. Do you think you'll be any more surprised than you were from this? Cause this shook us, dude. I feel like this was a shock, and then we're yeah. we're getting ready for the awe. Because like the way that they mm. even described the films was that Infinity War, we broke your heart. This is a screenwriter talking, by the way. Yeah. In Infinity War, we broke you broke your heart, and the next one we're gonna blow your mind. And I'm just That's like, I, I'm ready for whatever that next stage yeah. is. Because I do feel like they're gearing up for something, and it can't just be like, yeah, we're gearing up for the status quo to be returned. Like yeah. that. That's the what. Infinity War is ending on the promise that this change is going to mean something. Mm -hmm. That they are breaking free of the comic book tropes that characters can't die, they'll always come back. There's always like a door open for someone. It's like, I I feel like they might actually own up to these choices. It'd be cool. I would love to see it. Even if they cop out and in the individual films like, you know, Guardians, they fucking, that whole story is about resurrecting Gamora or some shit like that. Even if they slowly try to like Fix what Which, Infinity War fucked up. I think that's okay over a long enough timeline because yeah. that happens in comic universes. Like characters come back so often. Sure. Like in in all these universes. The reason I I was like, I can't buy into uh, Superman's death at the end of Batman vs Superman. I was like, they're gonna bring him back. Yeah, it didn't like, matter. So you you already know this that characters can come back. It's just you haven't seen that with the Marvel Cinematic Universe yet. But when it comes to characters so. like uh, the Scarlet Witch, yeah. And, you know, maybe even the Winter Soldier and stuff, it's like, how likely are they to bring these people back? You know, you got to think about, like, what, how are they going to be bold? Because if they are bold, they know we're going to talk about it. We, they know that we're going to continue to be along for this ride. And yeah. Like, where the fuck are they going? This is crazy what they just did. But at the same time, I don't know if you can pull off a Spider-Man too without Spider-Man. <laughs> without this Spider-Man. You're already doing a Venom without Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. And you're already doing a Miles Morales-themed movie as an animated film that's coming out next year. So what are you really doing? I think they're going to... Actually, no, that's coming out at the end of this year. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. Oh, yes. Right, right, I'm right, excited right, right. for that one. So wherever they're going... I just want them to cure me of my anxiety from this film, even mm-hmm. if it is something as like closure to it. Yeah. You know, even if they're just going like, yeah, dude. I need an ounce of closure. Like, Doctor Strange totally became dust. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make enough money in the box office, and Doctor Strange 2 was not happening, my dude. <laughs> but yet, Paul Rudd survived as Ant Man. He was funny. He was funny. He made me laugh. He's funny. He's so small. He got so small. He avoided the dust. <laughs> he got so small. <laughs> he was the dust. <laughs> Can't dust me if I am dust. <laughs> like what? Damn, Ant Man, you really fucking solved that. You really piece. did. Where were you? Where were you? Well, he's got to learn how to become real big in Ant Man and the Wasp, and then he's gonna help fight in uh, the yeah. next next Avengers. Avengers Assemble. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna fucking. What, what's the the Twitter theory that he's gonna just go up Thanos's ass and fucking resize just large <laughs> just rip him to shreds I, i'm just curious who that would kill first honestly probably paul rudd probably both because yeah. like how do you like oh well let me get the surgery to remove this man from my body 
<laughs> I'm the mad titan and I have a man in me. Like, I know he's strong as shit, but Thanos has to have, like, organs that need, like, unobscured, no blockage kind of situations, you know? Or something. And it really fucks it up when a, when a man <laughs> just grows <laughs> inside of you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. I will point out... Huh. Thanos' whole plot, like, it is stupid when you think about it. So you're trying to save the universe, which I get, no, I, I, totally, I'm there, I'm on board with you. Yeah. But if you have this unlimited god machine in, mm. on your hands where you can fucking do anything you want, why don't you just make food for everybody? Why don't you just, like, make the universe again and be like, hey, everyone move to the clone universe because now we have room. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know, he has this kind of unprecedented installment of like, oh yeah, with death comes balance and I have that in me. I, I know it because I saw it, but like, I think it feels probably more grounded in his comic lines. But with this one, it's just like, all right, yeah. I think, well, who is it, Polygon? They said that, why didn't he just create with it? Because you could do anything with that gauntlet. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's not as dramatic seeing him harvest crops. No, that's what it comes down to. Like, it just, like, because it doesn't serve the drama of the story. Yeah. Like, that's the answer, and that's why, it, like, it kind of sucks. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, how many situations, like, in real life can we not back down out of, like, or, like, reason through? Yeah, it's true. You know? There's no drama in that. This is the worst case scenario. This dude is driven on this idea of fucking making sure half the universe is dead. And he's been driven on it for yeah. six years at yeah. least. Yeah, does not care about this, like, the particulars of, like, yeah, I guess I could grow potatoes in some of these planets. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. I'll get Nebula out here. We'll reconnect. Like, no. If he's willing to split his daughter into pieces and throw his other daughter off a cliff, I don't think he's really, like, willing to think through the other possibilities. <laughs> Of his li- limitless god glove. He, he's driven on a very thin concept that he's he's taken to the core. No. But, Man. you know, at the same time, he's still a very effective villain in this universe. Yeah. Despite the logical lapse. <laughs> god. Great yeah. movie. I love this movie so much. Still a great fucking movie. I enjoy the movie so much. I, 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 I said a few times, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Whedon wishes he wrote this movie. He fucking wishes. He wished this w- was the conclusion to his fucking Avengers trilogy. Dude, th- this movie would have been two hours and like 36 minutes of like people sitting in a farm talking at each other if Josh Whedon wrote it. Those are some good scenes in Ultron, though. Like, I like them on they the They were, because he didn't know how to do the rest. Yeah. <laughs> Like, his action's not very good. No, except in the first Avengers. Like, there's some really good shots, like hero shots, uh, and that whole New York fight, like, that's great. Yeah, that's But good. I feel like he didn't okay. know how to do it again. I don't really remember too many big, 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 big moments. I mean, in like the in Hulk, Ultron? The Hulk doing his thing. Oh, Ultron, I definitely don't remember anything, because everyone was a silver robot. Uh, Every enemy was a silver to robot. To a point. So you have this... And nothing e- mattered. You have a, a, f- a few good fights with the Hulk and the Hulkbuster. Okay. That was crazy. And then there's the, the million robot fight in the chapel. And that's it. Those are the only memorable fight scenes from that movie. Okay, sure. Yeah. I believe you. Because I saw it recently. I saw you it a few to. times, too. And I'm just like, I don't really... Yeah. I remember James Spader being funny. Um, He's great in it. Everything is sex. I know you wanted to round this off with uh, ranking your marvel films. oh wow i forgot and he was did you one, forget you were the one who was staunch against well, it and you're like we don't need to do it well i'm very staunchly against like i'm i'm kind of over the idea of like trying to rank <clears throat> 18 now 19 different fucking films yeah. with different tones and different directions that are supposed to be part of the same universe if it's like like i think the way i described it to you was like trying to like find the five best of episodes like of in a season, season. Yeah. of a tv show and i'm just like well the if it's a 
narrative-driven show, like the whole season matters. It's it more. Does. It's more about the overall product. And for me, like, but this in, is bigger than Infinity that. War is definitely the culmination of that too. Where I'm yeah. just like, how do I compare what Infinity War is set up to do against like you know what Thor two is trying to accomplish? You know, shit like that. That's true. So this felt like the mid, <clears throat> the mid series break almost, or like you know how um, Breaking Bad. Uh, the last season was split into two. They had kind of like a mid-series finale between yes. the last... This is almost what that we feels like. We were all like. there. We were all very... Yeah, this is kind of what that feels like. Yeah. It, um, it does feel like a season finale. Or mid... Yeah, mid, mid-season mid season's good. Because yeah. like maybe Avengers 4 like carries that mantle. Um, although they're saying they're different experiences, so it's like... I, I don't doubt it. I, I Honestly, with every movie, they give me something I haven't expected, so... My fate is in their hands. It's true. Matt Damon playing Thor did not expect that. <laughs> that was in, uh, so great. That was fucking amazing. Oh my god! Uh, fucking I'm, I'm glad Anthony we, Hopkins. Is, I'm glad uh, we got Odin. like one last fun movie. Yeah. Before this shit happens. That was, and that's I probably one of that. the most fun Marvel movies. That and Homecoming, yeah. like back to back. Yep, back to back. Where it's like, damn Marvel, you're doing so fucking good. Yeah. And the Black Panther, that was a fun movie too. That was a good movie though. Like that was. Yeah, the humor in it was great. Yeah, it was like kind of heady. It was like it was yeah. very different. And then it was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to Infinity War now. And then it was yeah. like whoa was not prepared for this yeah. <laughs> even though they've been slowly trying to acclimate us to the to some of the notions that are occurring mm-hmm. in infinity war um but i love the movie yeah i i really 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 love what they were doing i love the way it was filmed i love the way that they told the story and i love the way that it reminded me of some of my favorite fucking comics mm. like it really does capture the kind of spirit of not just an individual Marvel comic, but these crossover comics. The yeah, crossover comics meant something. They built up to these events, yeah. and they had so many of these uh, uh, kind of like ancillary like moments that just added to that experience yeah. too. And that happens a lot in comics. That if you're not uh-huh. like an avid reader, you might lose that sense watching right. like just random movies. But if you stuck through, it yeah. means that much more. It's a reward for kind yeah. of like investing yourself. And and Marvel has found a way to translate that experience to film. Where it's like, we've invested you with these characters, <clears throat> not just in their own individual solos, but mm-hmm. like literally like, oh, the Hulk showing up in Thor, you know, or hey, Black Widow is a major part of the Captain America movies at yeah. a certain point. It's like the kind of like getting you used to that idea of like, it's not out of the norm for characters from other films to show up. Yeah. Because they're all a part of this consistent universe. They start that with, I think, <clears throat> Iron Man 2 with the introduction of uh, Black Widow. Right. Where yeah. it's just like, no, it, it this is going to happen. Yeah. Get used to the notion that this is going to happen. And then the payoff is Infinity War, where it's like, we have no time to ramp you up on these characters. They're, we're literally not going to spend any time going like, oh, well, this guy is a master sorcerer. This is where he was. Yeah. And this guy was bitten by a spy. No, you should know who the fuck they are. You do the homework. Yeah. The homework is already laid I out mean, for you. I mean, there are some fun, like, confounding moments where, like... Uh, we can maybe compare uh, Bruce Banner to some of these people watching this movie who don't know. Because he's been the Hulk all these years. He doesn't have human knowledge of what's happening. So he's like, when they're running him through all the scenarios, and he's like, uh, what, there's an Ant-Man and a Spider-Man? Like, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. even know like half these characters. <laughs> and it's kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit there. It's 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 good. I love it's, it. It's well done. I do love it. Um, um, it's just so fucking I, I love this movie a lot. So where, where what is your, what's your five now? I don't, I don't think this is number one, because I do think this movie has some technical flaws in terms of writing and, and some of the performances. I don't know that I loved all of Mark Ruffalo's bits, especially coming off of how good he was in Ragnarok. Like, he owned that role there, and he was right. so good. And this, it's like, I get that he's struggling with the fact that he was whooped 
physically and his psyche was shattered and all, all of it's gone so he's struggling he was beaten with that. peaceful yeah being peaceful beaten peaceful so I, I I like some of it, but I don't think it was all handled as well as it could have been. Um, and then just little writing things here and there, but otherwise, pacing, visuals, cinematography, music, characters, all of it, it's there, it delivered. Like, this movie, I ramped myself up leading up to it, and I couldn't have been any more satisfied. I really couldn't have been. Very nice. That's good. So we're not we're not, we're not not doing the top five? Uh, my top five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, 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 where's it at? Now you got me interested. My original top five was uh, <laughs> Civil War, Winter Soldier, Thor, Ragnarok, Black Panther, and then Iron Man. I like Iron Man a lot. I think it's got a lot of staying power, and it really we owe this franchise to that movie. And it, I don't know, it's a good good film. It holds up, but Infinity War knocked it out because I think it's my new number two, right mm-hmm. under Civil War. Mm-hmm. I think it just it's it's flawless in execution. And it doesn't give a shit about what you feel. It just gives a shit about telling a good story. And it does that. <laughs> that it does. Yeah. That it does. Like it doesn't care. And that whole rank up could change next year in May. It could. I, sure. I think uh, leading up to this movie, this is the first time I was actually like, I could rank them. And I did it. I did it on, on Twitter just for the fuck of it. And yeah, it's cool to have a new ranking. I don't think it's number one though. Well, I'll let you know it's my number two. Mm-hmm. But you don't have a number one. No, there is a number one. Mm-hmm. Batman v Superman, oh. Dawn of Justice. That's my favorite Marvel movie. You can't even say that with a straight face. Hmm? Okay. I said it with a straight face. It's a pretty straight face. It's a pretty straight face. What did you like about that movie? There's no three, four, or five. <laughs> so, you know. What did, what did you love about that movie? <laughs> what did I absolutely love about, about that movie? Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Oh, Supercut. Fuck. I, I feel like it brings a renewed spotlight to women named Martha in America. And that wasn't there before. Shit. Yeah. Mr. Wayne, I don't feel so good. <laughs> I don't feel... <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. Oh, it's sad. Hey, go see the fucking movie. Yeah, it's uh, two weeks old. Uh, we've seen it twice. I kind of want to see it a third time. I do, too. I definitely want to own it when it comes But out. I also want to see it, like, laying on my back, naked in my bed. Yeah. And able to masturbate to every scene Doctor Strange is in because he was the MVP of this fucking movie. He was good. For as much as I didn't care for him in his own movie, he owned the role here. First of all, how dare you? Uh, Second of all, how dare you? How dare Dormammu? (laughs) Dormammu! Dormammu. (laughs) Here to bargain! <laughs> oh my god alright you wanna wrap it up yeah that's all I got in me man that's all he's got damn dude we said an hour it's we we said an hour we got two, two hours well we haven't an ad, had an episode in like a month yo so. how about we split it into two parts part one yeah. and part two yeah we'll title this one but you won't know you won't know the title of the next yeah. one even when we release it even though you know it's the second half of this yeah. review or analysis or whatever it's a this different is. genre <laughs> we're gonna fucking add horror effects it's actually like literally like it's a video. Yeah. It's a documentary that you have to, like, listen to. <laughs> you can't see it. Wow. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, you want to Avengers disassemble here? Uh, Avengers disassemble. And a minor key. <laughs> oh. Sad. Avengers disassemble. <laughs> Close. <laughs> uh, all right. Hang on. Wait. How much? How more minor? Set, set the tone for me. Uh, I'm not going to hum a minor progression to you. You better give me a hum. The way you did it was fine. Avengers disassemble. Boom, boom, boom.
Nice. Yeah. Nailed it. That's good. <laughs> All right, good night. Good night, everybody. What did we say was going to be the warm-up? Marvelous, marvelous megalomaniac? That is exactly what it was supposed marvelous to be. Megalomaniac. Marvelous, marvelous megalomaniac. Megalomaniac. Marvelous megalomaniac. 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 Yeah. Megalomaniac. Yeah. Marvelous. Megalomaniac. Megalomaniac. <laughs> He's got it. Um... <laughs> This is a holy time. It's yeah. a positive time. The Russos are here for us. Okay. All right. Joe and Anthony. Uh, Joe and Anthony. <laughs> fucking whatever. Muscles and Joe Pesci. <laughs> Muscles and Joe Pesci. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anthony and Joe Wachowski. Fucking directing. Directing marvelous, marvelous megalomaniacs. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs>